This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Welcome to Oberhausen. Sunny Oberhausen. Sunny, beautiful, scenic Oberhausen <laughs> as we look out the window and it looks like, uh, well, Britain basically. <laughs> yeah, I'm Overcast, I'm a mucky. Lot of oh boy. <laughs> yeah, we didn't come here to uh, sunbed, we came here to drink. <laughs> At the. Uh, Watch wrestling, are we? <laughs> At the World Trip Fest. <laughs> oh no, of course, we're here for the World Tag Team Festival, and we'll be covering all the shows that happen at said festival, which we've already seen one of at the Inner Circle. Welcome to the Inner Circle. I mean, the Inner Circle is pretty much like nothing else um, in Tim's house, quite literally. Um the, the big garage <laughs> in the, that is the WXW Training Academy. And last night it really was like nothing else because the lights went out uh, halfway through Tim Thatcher's entrance, which was the highlight, <laughs> I think. Not to say that the show wasn't good. I mean, I enjoyed it, but I'm, that will remain in the memory banks for a long time. We, um, I think we've been talking a lot uh, before this podcast about how many people aren't here and various things that have gone horribly wrong already and it, uh, the word cursed keeps being thrown around yeah so so far these are the people that have for various reasons uh, not available to wxw this weekend who were booked uh marius alani uh francis caspin bandido eddie kingston Balter, mark davis Yulin pace a kid and last night uh soraya was added to that list because mm-hmm. apparently she's ill. Um, Vite Muller missed last night's show for reasons I'm not sure of. I think he had a transportation problem. So not only was it uh, the old lights out dark match uh, with Tim, he didn't even have his tag team partner there. <laughs> so it's been uh, interesting so far to watch a, a major wrestling company uh have this many problems thrown at them one after another. Yeah, uh, there, there definitely is some sort of curse in here. Yeah, well, Tass, uh, when he got on his plane yesterday, uh, one of the stewardesses uh, hit her head and might have been concussed and they had to take her off the plane, so the plane was delayed. Uh, Shooter Schultz's car broke down and today we just is- heard that... Um, uh, even Kiev, uh, his train has been cancelled. Yeah, I just saw that today. It is it's just one thing after another that you just can't prepare for. <laughs> it's 
bizarre. It has meant we've seen a lot of brand new wrestlers to us, like. Mm. So I, I guess that's the upshot of it all. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> so should we run through uh, the inner circle card? Absolutely. Like yes. from bottom, we used to go through it bottom to top. I think we might as well do that because like there's it's a very short show. Yeah. Uh, so the opener was a six man tag: Jay Skillet and his tag team partners Alexander Dean and Russ Taylor uh, against uh, Pretty Bastards and the Rotation. <laughs> it was good to see the Rotation. It was definitely. good to see the Rotation. You know, you're in Germany. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Um, <clears throat> Alexander Dean, as far as I can tell, as a person, is not well liked. Um, no, the Irish were. The, the Irish the big one. hate him. Um, which is usually a good sign because <laughs> it means he's going to get a lot of heat. But um, after I was told the reasons why they don't like him, I was like, oh. yeah, I wasn't entirely sure whether it was you know good natured or ill natured, yeah, but yeah, possibly be, a mix of both. But it appears to be fucking go away heat as opposed to um, potentially heel heat. We'll have it. Yeah, I'm interested to see what kind of reaction he gets on uh, Saturday. Yeah, this, this is a fun opener. Uh, I really like the finish. Um, it was uh, they did like the dives bit at the one side of the ring, yeah, the one yeah. side where you can actually hit a dive because there's room. <laughs> and uh, rotation went to do like his dive, and Alexander Dean just caught him by the the ankle, the legs, just dragged yeah. him down into a, into a, like a crossface. That was a good finish. Tattoo. It was a very good finish. I, yeah. I've never seen that before. You'd think it was. I've seen something similar. Yeah. But not done in the middle of a dive. It was like when somebody was. Um, I've seen Zach do it loads of times, where like somebody's coming at him and he just drops down and hooks the leg. Yeah. But um, yeah, in the middle of a like a suicide dive, I'd, yeah, that was very cool. It's cool, cool spot, cool finish. Uh, obviously, Alexander Dean uh, after the match, um, while getting a lot of abuse. Yes. And he, he cut his little promo. As yeah, well. he was getting quite annoyed about it as well because, like, he was cutting a promo and the crowd was shouting things during the promo. Yeah. And he basically said, "Why don't you just shut up and listen to what I say and then react afterwards?" <laughs> and it was <laughs> like a teacher. <laughs> I understand where he was coming from, but also, if you're getting that much heat, you might as well just bask in it. Yeah. Well, I mean, on a show like that, maybe there's like time constraints and he's. But yeah, obviously. Yeah. If you're getting a reaction, yeah, <laughs> that's a good thing. Sometimes you just have to go with it. Um, so he, he uh, issued a challenge to basically he said to anyone in in WXW but and then changed his mind and went like, no, actually Avalanche because <laughs> I want to shot. I've seen that promo a few times on the MMA. Um, so yeah, that is uh, set for Saturday. Get someone whispering in their ear. To... Um, I have a sneaking suspicion this was not. The original match that was booked uh, for Inner Circle, but yeah, it wasn't on the the, the list of stuff that we were expected to see. There was only three no. matches. Yeah, I, so. I think they had kind of anticipated booking it on the night a little bit, but yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, that was the opener. Um, did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was a good way to start. Yeah, yeah. action packed. The it was. Very light-hearted and yeah, with it wasn't there was a lot of formula tag stuff and it wasn't like an absolute like balls to the wall opener. No, um, and then we had um, James Runyon and uh, Dominic Garini come out for the, the second match, mm-hmm. and these guys meant business. 
Oh, yeah, I could see Rise Dominic Green uh, live. He's a, you know, a, a big, big old stocky boy it, <laughs> in the a, issue vein. That is a very good building to watch uh, Dom Guarini wrestling. Yeah. Um, maybe not for you because you couldn't see the ring. Yeah, <laughs> but, but like we had a fairly good spot and then tall German people stood in front of us. <laughs> yeah, that so. happens. Um, yeah, I thought the uh, it was very intense and the the strikes were really meaty. Uh, they did some big suplexes and then Garini won with like a pile driver and it really felt like a... Yeah, yeah the pile driver really yeah. felt impactful, especially was, up to that point in the show. It was so basic, but it was so well done. And uh, Dominic Garini, if, if you can kind of keep him away from from bullshit booking, I think he's going to be a star. But like, he just needs basics. Like the match he had Mania weekend with uh, Joshua King, I think his name is. I might be slipping my mind at the moment. But <clears throat> that match was just predicated on violence. It was just one violent act after another. They didn't <laughs> do anything complicated. It was just literally, here's a violent spot. Here's another violent spot. Here's a more violent spot. You and, enjoy a bit of violence. And that was basically this match, but without all the the, the hardcore elements. It was... It was escalating violence, and I thought it was really well done. Um, so after that, we had uh, Tim Thatcher, and it was supposed to be Voight Muller uh, in a tag, but uh, Voight wasn't there. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure why. Um, so Tim replaced him with uh, Norman Harris. This is a really good break for Norman. He's uh, he's a good kid, very good bowler. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the they were in the ring anticipating the, the arrival of their opponents and the lights went out. Um, which was odd. And the crowd did attempt to light the ring with their with their phones, with which I think that would have been awesome if they it just created a good had, atmosphere if they yeah, actually have carried on and had, had some safety concerns. Yeah, I, I can understand that because you wouldn't have been able to see that well and they yeah. would have had to have eliminated some of the spots from the match because they wouldn't have been safe. Yeah. Um, so basically, we had intermission instead. Basically. <laughs> I think Tim was a little disappointed. I think he would have, well, he got himself all geared up to, oh, yeah, to wrestle in the dark. To um, get into that mindset and then have to go back. And then come out again. Yeah. So but, I mean, he he was full on with it when he did come back out again. Yeah. Well, they wrestled very well. um, JD Drake and, and Anthony Henry, and this was a very hard hitting match. Oh, absolutely. Like, the, there were game. lots of welts on basically everyone by the end. But yeah, poor Norman Harris. He, he, this is one of those matches where you get a young kid and you rough him up a bit <laughs> to see how tough he is. Yeah. Uh, Norman Harris is very tough. I I really enjoyed the dynamic. Um, yeah, he, he took a bit, especially off J.D. Drake. J.D. Drake was beating the shit out of this kid. Yeah, I, yeah. again, he's another guy not being like a huge American indie guy. I haven't seen a lot of him, but yeah, he really impressed me. Yeah, J.D. Um, Drake is, is very good. Um, he's very good at, again, like with Dominic Garini, he's very good at basic stuff. Yeah. Like, he can do more complicated uh, and elaborate sequences, but he really is at his best where he's just hitting people and getting hit and he, he'll be ideal. Like I, I feel like he needs to go to Japan. Oh yeah. I, I like he, he would, <laughs> he fit, would in. fit in with big Japan. Yeah. Uh, he had a match with, uh, 
Higuchi uh, from DDT over yeah. Mania Weekend that was excellent. Another very hard-hitting go-at-you guy. Yeah. Um, so th- this, for me, I thought was match of the night. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was... This, this had another level of energy to it, so... There was um, there was a spot in there where um, Tim Thatcher got Anthony Henry in a, in a leg lock. And Anthony Henry uh, happens to spot a thumbtack stuck in the bottom of Tim Thatcher's boot from Death House in, in Fight Club Pro <laughs> last week. Pulls the thumbtack out and sticks it in, in Tim Thatcher's chest. <laughs> Which Tim just basically ignored, pulled it out and threw it at him. Um, <laughs> love it. This is why we love Tim. Tim's a deathmatch wrestler now. <laughs> Deathmatch Tim. We love Tim, but we love Bobby Moore. So, Bobby Moore, the <laughs> the West Ham central defender, and Bobby Guns, as well as Bobby Moore. All the yeah, Bobbies, big I, fans. I don't. I much prefer Tim Thatcher. Um, should, should we talk about the generic music? Oh God, yeah. Think, you noticed this immediately. I mean, it was impossible not to notice. Yeah, but, I mean, we were taking the piss out of it immediately because. <laughs> I understand why they've done this. So WXW have basically got a load of generic music now because it means they can put the entire show in in its entirety on the uh, VOD. They don't have to clip the entrances. They don't have to pipe uh, generic music in over the uh, the entrances. They just will put the entrances in. However, that means we don't recognise any of the yeah, entrances. we didn't know who was coming out until they came out, and we were sort of hidden behind a little... Yeah, so, like, uh, so the crowd would react to something, and I'm like, who is it? <laughs> <laughs> Which was made even worse with Layla Hirsch, because she's so small that I couldn't even see her until she was in the ring. <laughs> I, I did uh, I did see her before, like, but yeah, I know, I know Kilby uh, standing next to us did not see her at all <laughs> before she got into the ring. <laughs> Which was quite amusing. But. So my, my issue with, with generic music has always been that you're not going to get the pops. Yeah. And it's literally wait and see who's coming. And I think they made a mistake having it start. If they were going to do it, they should have done it way back at the start of the year. Yeah. Like, if they were going to do it. But because they started doing it before um, Shortcut to the Top. Which is the worst <laughs> show to do it. Worst show to do it because like, the music kicks in. But yeah, now like, we, don't, we still don't really know... Um, what their themes are like no. coming into this weekend like as you say if it had been a bit of a build up even just after like Carrot um, you could have gotten people used to them because there are, there are some not terrible ones in there or like ones that have some character to it uh, like the JFK one but. yeah well I had no idea what what, um, what Tim Thatcher was coming out to to start he came out to something and I'm like what yeah. is this and then obviously because they've they've already got his entrance uh, on tape, they had him come out to looking for freedom, <laughs> which got like a much better reaction. And it's like if that isn't the most obvious example of how it's not working, yeah. then I don't know what but else it's, is. It's not, yeah, like there's a higher power at play, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, there's, there's no going back at this point. So yeah. it's going to take time to establish people's entrance music. So You've got to push through. Try and the... find ones that are suitable for people because I yeah. thought the the one they used for Schadenfreude was good yeah it was close enough that it sounded a bit like Human Fly and it was like yeah, oh, okay, I know who this is dinky danky yeah <laughs> and the anti-fun police with the siren oh I yeah that, that, one, was just, that one was fairly obvious I think that was just done with his megaphone <laughs> <laughs> it could but be. it worked anyway um, 
So yeah, I felt that was a bit of an issue, and that's one to kind of yeah. I've heard like like mentioning Tim and Bobby Gunn's that match being for the title on Saturday. Like that's obviously like a big marquee match for them, but I'm just, yeah, like in my head imagining it, I'm thinking Robot Rock and uh, the the Ring Camp theme, and we're not gonna be getting that. Uh, well, he's not in Ring Camp anymore. So yeah, I know, but <laughs> that's why that's what I think of. Yeah. Uh, so three more matches. Um, technically, I think this was the, the the match that was going to be pre intermission, but they had the intermission like before the match because of the lights issue. Yeah. And they, we spent the rest of the show with uh, temporary lights. Yeah, yeah they, they did a remarkably good job. Of yeah, it's all of a sudden there was four massive temporary lights at the back, turning of the it into like a photo shoot. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like they got the lighting almost back to where it, it was. It's a prime example of. Uh, how well they've coped yeah. with the setbacks this weekend, and also that like, they're well stocked enough to have that sort of thing backstage. Yeah, it's because just, yeah, yeah, a, le- a lesser the... company wouldn't have had. Yeah, you go. You have lights out. Um, I don't know, throw an example out there. I don't know, Riptide or something. Yeah, I don't feel like they would be able to cope with it that well or that quickly. But they they literally got. But yeah, I mean, it's it, it's a good sign that they are able to roll with the punches this weekend because there are a lot of fucking punches, lot of punches to, to roll with. Um, so we had an unfortunate uh, issue where that was the pre-intermission match yeah. and it really needed a breather after it. It and definitely threw off the timing of the show quite a bit. Um, so after that match, instead of the intermission, we had uh, Leila Hirsch against Sami Jane and the yeah. crowd was dead for it because it's like, how do you follow an incredibly violent match. This was supposed to follow intermission and it would have been fine. Yeah, it would have warmed people up again. It wasn't. It was It was just flat. Yeah, that is unfortunate. It was unfortunate. I thought Lala Hirsch is pretty good. Um, Sammy Jane, I've been a, a fan yeah, of for a while. This is, I, Sammy Jane popped off a little bit more for me live than on tape. Like I don't think I've ever seen her yeah, live. Yeah, no, I've, I've seen her live before and I feel like she's, she's pretty good live. Um, she had that match with Charlie Morgan at the uh, oh, of course, yeah. first Wrestle Queen. That was a big show, one. Which I, I thought that was outstanding, and I don't think one person is, is capable of having that match and dragging another person through it. It's literally you need two to tango. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think Sammy Jane's really good. I think she's had some injuries that have set her back. Um, it's good to see her back in the ring. Uh, I think it was odd that she lost here. So, I think like, between. The, the two of them, the one that I would think would have a better chance of success here would have been Sammy Jane. Um, yeah, I guess I want to get over the lone well, act. I still want to get Layla over because she's an import. Um, trying to think who she's got in there. I think they might actually be wrestling at each other in the first round of Femme Fatales. Oh, really? Which is odd. So it might just be a case of 50 50 booking and yeah, get the win back. Layla gets Femme the win. Fatale. And then Sammy cheats and beats her. We shall see. We'll find out. Uh, after that was Alexander James and Daniel McCarvey. Uh, this was really a, a match where you needed to see the ring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think you got like a little bit of a, an alleyway in between. Yeah. Two large Me and Jal or uh, How How Jay because he's new. <laughs> Howie. <laughs> Howie. We'll get into that. <laughs> um, yeah, we sort of like stacked our heads together and. Uh... Yeah, saw saw the saw through a little alleyway between the large German men. Yeah, I've always said Alexander James is a, a wrestler you need to see in a a very close 
setting so you mm-hmm. can see all the little excellent things that he does in the ring. Yeah. And you, you don't really get that on the bigger shows where he deliberately puts in bigger, flashier moves because he knows what he does is more suited to a small audience. Um, but yeah, this is this is AJ at his best. Uh, you know, a really good match. Uh, some of the, the transitions were just oh, so smooth. Yeah, there was never a feeling of, oh, I'm watching two people have a wrestling match. It's more like yeah, just watching two people have a, a grappling session. <laughs> but they did some but in a, complicated in a violent stuff as well. Way. Like, Maccabi came into the ring. He does this thing where he comes into the ring and he steps off the ropes. And it goes, like, into a roll-up, but he doesn't go for the pin. He goes transitions straight into a knee bar. Yeah. And it just feels very shooty. Oh, no, yeah. I really like the way he contorts his opponent i suppose in like non-traditional ways but also using the rope as well so it's like he's using the environment of professional wrestling to tell a a more almost mma based story but he's just using the environment i just think a lot of what he does it's a it's a good fusion of the styles yeah and he does a really good baseball punch as well. I, oh, yeah. I enjoyed seeing that again in person. I love the fact that he sells the hand as well. So, like, he does the, the big baseball punch and then he's like... Oh. Yeah, I, I really like that one. And look forward to seeing it many I, more I have, times this week. I weekend. have seen it um, a couple of times live now and I'm still not sure how he makes the noise. I assume he slaps his leg around the back. But yeah. then he, he seems to have the hand up. So, I don't know. He hit there, maybe. I have to watch the mechanics of it because, like, it does make an incredible noise, and there's obviously a distraction in there because it's a big punch. Mm-hmm. Unless he is just punching people in the jaw, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but it sounds great. Um, oh, and there was a really good counter in this as well. With um, AJ went for a like sit out power bomb, and Maccabi just kind of switched his weight in the air and I don't think everyone got what was going on but it was like he went for this big spot and it was just countered yeah it kind of looked like a botch but it wasn't though <laughs> even if it was it was very well styled out <laughs> yeah yeah, I, I really enjoyed that that's um, uh, like the Dean Malenko school of making something look legitimate by just yeah. having it look not, not so much not right but like it just looks like there's a counter in there that you don't understand because and it's I think that after so many well a few years of like obviously British Strong Style are very good at what they do but it got very you know pandery and um, you know, in-jokey I suppose mm. so I guess Maccabi's style is a bit like anti-in-joke wrestling to me like it's sort of a more back to basics approach yeah. as, as I said before he's kind of He's the guy in Brit, like who we really need in Britress right now to sort of, if if we're scaling things back a little bit, then we need a guy like that who we've never seen before, who does things a little bit differently to the I guess established stars. Um, so I really want to see him more and more. We had that with Tim Thatcher as well. When Tim yeah. first came in, people weren't interested in him because he wasn't flashy and he wasn't like a one of those wrestlers. But then he's built up this groundswell of support because he's just so good at what he does. Yeah. And I feel like Maccabi is somebody who could, who could get over in that respect. It's whether... Because this year, it, I feel he's like, it's make or break for him. Like he, he's actually pursuing actively pursuing a, an attempt to make it into a, into a career this year. Yeah. Um, 
So I, I really hope it works out for him because he's he's a nice guy and he's very good at what he does. It's exciting. Um, the main event on the show was uh, anti-fun police against uh, Lucky Kid and Carl Fletcher. This was quite a weird one for a main event, I thought. Like, yeah. I would have thought that either the Macabre James match or the Tim Thatcher match would have been the main event. But I probably would have gone with the Thatcher match. Yeah. But obviously they wanted that as like the first half main event and then this is the, the second half one. Yeah, and, this was... and it just didn't work out that way. Yeah. yeah. Well, this was a fun match. So I can kind of understand why they wanted to put it on last. Yeah, and Schadenfreude are very popular. Yeah, yeah they're over... Um, I find it weird that um, essentially Lucky Kid and Santos were baby faces. And, yeah, it was a weird dynamic in the and match. Chief was heel, obviously, because it's Chief. But um, Kyle also worked heel. He did it quite slightly, but like he was working heel in that match. Yeah. So I feel like. That's, is, yeah, again, Schadenfreude sort of play by different rules, don't they? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what was going on there, but um, I, I kind of enjoyed it. Um, I was talking to Alan, uh, cheap shot after the, the thing, and he's like, he, he didn't agree with me saying that it was good. And was like, <laughs> he, he said it was botchy because there was a botch um, where they tried to do like a double team, and uh, I think it's lucky that slipped on the ropes. And they, yeah, they yeah. just redid it. Yeah, basically. Which, um, yeah, that wasn't. I guess he doesn't like the comedy stuff as much as me. And yeah, it's it's certainly got its audience. Yeah. Um, and I feel like the structure of the match was very much... Luckily, most of that audience was here. <laughs> yeah, I felt the, yeah, the structure of the match was... Uh, I, I described it as Brooksian on, on Twitter. It's like Chris Brooks' fingerprints were all over this match. Yeah. It's the kind of match that he would put together. And either... The other guys have just learned from that and are now able to put on that kind of match or yeah. they rang him and went, what should we do? <laughs> Which is... Possibly awesome. a bit of both. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Kyle seems to be learning how to do different matches and how to play to the, the audience yeah. and, and do the right thing. Yeah, Kyle right Fletcher's time. audience interaction in this one was very fun. His facial expressions were <laughs> very much on point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I liked him getting really upset with... Uh, lucky kid's stupidity at several times during the match. Yeah, the thing, the finger gun spot was the most memorable one. Don't shoot my friend. <laughs> uh, they played that very well. Yeah. Again, usually I'm a massive curmudgeon, but that one got me. <laughs> I say uh, some people went into that, but at the same time, I I just really enjoyed it. It was a fun match. It's not like it's a big tournament match. It's a match in front exactly. of like 100 it's people. in a circle where yeah. you're allowed to do different stuff. Yeah. And a lot of the show had focused on the stuff that we normally get in a circle. We normally get some like really hard-hitting matches. So like we had yeah, that with... like the, the technical match, hard-hitting Yeah, match. we had that with Garini and we had that with um, the Workhorseman. And exactly. we had the technical stuff with Maccabi and, and James. So it was just, well, just... Let's piss do, about. Do some fun stuff. I, <laughs> I enjoyed it. I thought it worked out well. It it might have gone a little bit long. Yeah, for that point in in the evening, especially with the long intermission or the weirdly placed intermission. Yeah, and it definitely suffered. It caused uh, people to get back late because uh, the train was cancelled. <laughs> um, <laughs> yet another in a series of 
of issues this weekend. But um, yeah, it was a fun show. It was a fun inner circle. I, I don't think there's anything that was like blow away incredible. I don't think anything went up to, no, to but... four stars or anything like that, which we have had that on inner circle before. But um, the Work Horseman and uh, Tim and uh, Norman Harris is a match that I would suggest that you went out of your way to watch. Norman, uh, I, I think, was kind of made by this, and he went into the match wanting to be yeah, he made really, really by good it. So this. fair play to him. I thought he, he was the, the star of the night. I would also recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we got back here in the Strigger Mobile. Big shout out to Strigger. Yeah, um, and we got back to the trip at like nine fifty, and everyone else got back at like 11 <laughs> so <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> made a big well it was sort of like um a trickle of people in at different times depending well, some on people whether... gave up and took a taxi yeah and some other people waited for the train i don't think it made a big difference so it was just like being in the cheers bar with people walking in and <laughs> it was having loud there. in the bar i think they got pissed off there it. were there was a lot of noise being made I... <laughs> most of it by a few oh. people <laughs> Shout out to Barry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been lovely seeing people. Um, I'm sure we'll see even more people today. And there has already been some absolutely outrageously uh, drunken stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> Marvellous. Well, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you later. Indeed. We're off to uh, the press lunch. <laughs> Wonderland song came from from the crowd. It's not Christmas. It's nowhere close to Christmas. I understand that you guys have you have two days of Christmas, and so it's it was wild. But the thing that impressed me the most was the way that it was handled. Yeah, anywhere else they could have just said, "Oh well, we're shutting things down. Um, we'll try this again the next day when we figure out the house lights." No. Now, the staff went, they found a way to provide light into the venue. And in my opinion, I thought that the lighting added to the setting. I felt like that this is something that they should do with a lot of their shows instead of the normal house lights because it provided the, uh, the darkness for the crowd over them, but it put the emphasis on the performers on stage or in the room. And... I mean, I had a blast. I had an absolute blast. I hope it's not the last time that I'm at the academy. I'll put it that way.
welcome to Saturday in Oberhausen, which yeah. means that <coughs> bowling has come and gone and everyone is feeling much worse for wear because of it. <laughs> um, I saw Mike Kilby climb a tank the other night and <laughs> it might have been Generalissimo Bolicana's tank. Yeah, uh, Drow had, um, well, I've, I put a picture on the timeline so like just skim back through um, the Oberhausen Open 3 hashtag and you will find a picture of uh, Joey Piglet in all his glory. <laughs> he always seems to do something uh, sensational. <laughs> the sensational is the word I would describe Yeah, yeah. that with. Um, Should we talk about night one of the uh, WXW World Tag Team? Festival as it is now, as opposed to because it's no longer a league. It's no longer a league, is it? Yes, let's discuss where the tournament is after night one. I actually didn't realise the number of teams that are in it means it's a three-way final. I only came to that realisation when I was trying to do. Yeah, I was. I was trying to figure out whether it was going to be like three-way semis or a three-way, but yeah, it just didn't add up, and I was like, "Uh, uh, "Yeah, it's probably a three-way final." (laughs) Then I realised. After I'd made the, my predictions, which some of which I got wrong, not when well, I was like two thirds right, but then I realised that um, only Lorcan and Danny Birch are definitely going to the final because that way they can lose without getting pinned. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. Politics. Yeah, um, it is a little bit. I would say that the highlight of night one was Carsten Beck's cummerbund. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> It was, he was, it was a sensational get up on the pre-show that yeah. they had going on I, I, I was going to say the Arrows of Hungary <laughs> yeah um, also the Arrows of Hungary because you, you said to me before their match that um, you'd like to see them go to the final yeah um, but they're not over at all so it's unlikely and then they kind of got over <laughs> yeah they, they got over because Icarus dived off the balcony which yes. I'm not talking about like the the balcony where the cam is on the one side where um, I mean David Starr jumped off that uh, when he wrestled Jern Simmons at was it Tag League last year? I can't remember what it was now. might have been Carrot last yeah I think it was Carrot last year um, not that balcony but the actual balcony where they do commentary from yeah he went so all the way up that's very high it, yes so having stood there I wouldn't have even have Considered jumping off it. Um, <laughs> That's like something out of a nightmare. Yes, yeah, somebody told me, I forget who it was, but that this is something that's been going through his mind for a while and he specifically asked if he could do it like beforehand and it was like, go nuts. Um, so yeah, no, I think they are going to the final and I think they're taking the pin. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I thought the promo beforehand, I really, one thing I will say about the production of this show was that there were promos for three of the teams more the homegrown teams the pretty bastards the purge club and yeah. arrows of hungry that bled into their entrance and their entrance music which i really enjoyed like it was a good way of introducing you to the characters for the weekend yeah um, productions always sound on these things but um yeah when the arrows of hungry had that big long like pre-match uh, uh pre-taped thing yeah um I think it was uh, James Harris was stood next to me and he said like uh, oh that, that means they're going to do do well and I was like well Tim Thatcher had this really long thing about how he was going to like save the company yeah. uh, uh, Karen and he lost in the first round <laughs> so you can't always judge 
what the booking is going to be based on what the production is, which I think is quite clever because it, it should be like a really obvious, hi, these guys are getting pushed, but it isn't. Yeah, like that, that obviously keeps it a bit of guesswork and not just like... <laughs> yeah, uh, Icarus coming off the balcony was a sign to me that they are serious about doing something with yes. them. Yes. Uh, there's a few people I was around, like Blaine was stood right in front of me and he literally just turned around like, <laughs> mouth agape like what have I just seen it was, it was a sensational moment and I mean very clearly the moment of the night um, yeah I, I, I think it took away from the the wrestling across the course of the show I thought there was it was a lot of solid stuff going on but like people remember ridiculous high spots yeah. whether you like it or not and that was a ridiculous high spot it was great so um, I was overshadowed um uh, Kevin Kerr and Dominic Garini, who were their opponents in that match. I thought they did really well, but um, obviously it's a late-minute yeah. uh, replacement. I don't think it, even even without the uh, the dive, I would have said that was probably my favourite match of the night. Um, yeah, just like the energy of the teams. Uh, like, ev- everyone in it looked really good. Um, and it was an exciting one. And I, I don't know, I guess like kind of the peak of the show for me. Yeah, well... How do you feel about the main event? Because when everyone came out at the start of the show and everyone got their little individual entrance and there was a there was a decent pop for like everyone that came out. Yeah. And the team that got the biggest pop there was uh, Tim Thatcher and Vite Muller. Yeah. So I think there was a little bit of, I'm not going to say anger, but just frustration that they jobbed them to the, like the WWE team. Yeah, you know, inevitably. First, first night main event, it just... I mean, I really should have seen it coming because uh, Tim has a lot going on this week. Yeah, he's got the world title match. And Vite Muller, he doesn't win matches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's still <laughs> like, low on the totem yeah, pole, even though he's popular. It's it's a New Japan-style sports kind of deal with yeah. with Vite, especially because of his character, that he just doesn't win very often. But they keep putting him in big matches. He had a title shot at um, Fan, yeah. um, which he was very good in. And... His win-loss record is, is atrocious, which we should have seen it coming, really. But, like, yeah, I, I kind of got a bit swerved by their popularity. and Yeah, like, sort of conventional booking would have been. But Thatcher and <laughs> uh, Muller win. But, you know, we're not in a conventional world anymore. Uh, yeah, I feel like they do want to keep Tim fresh because he's 19 main event yeah it's odd that he's even in the the tag tournament to begin with but yeah he's also in ambition so he gets another shot at uh, at, uh, only Lorcan yeah their interaction in this match was fantastic I I don't care what your opinion is on (laughs) WWE in general but only Lorcan is a fucking gem yeah I I really watching him wrestle obviously those two guys go a long time back so it was almost inevitable that they'd be mixing it up and having a good time yeah I mean Martin Stone as he was Danny Birch now um, I've seen him wrestle quite a lot because he wrestled in the UK a lot Um, but only Lorcan former Biff Busick Mm -hmm. that's the first time I've seen him live and he's he's every bit as good live as he is on tape and I think he's sensational on tape because when I, I would watch NXT shows just because he was on them whether he was having like a a big like tag match or whether he was just in a singles match where he lost in five minutes he always he's always like a hundred percent yeah and um I, I i'm torn between 
wanting WWE to do something with him because I think he's the kind of wrestler that can do the the whole Danielson thing and be like a, an underground sensation and be actually fun to watch as a main eventer <laughs> and wanting him to just leave and <laughs> come back so I can watch him properly all the time. Yeah, I, I guess my big problem with the main event was it just kind of felt like that exhibition kind of match. It didn't have like tournament energy, I guess. Obviously with Thatcher being in the title match tomorrow and, you know, the our, our guests from our friends at NXT. Um just, but, yeah, yeah. It it felt very exhibitiony and kind of like it I, didn't I matter. Cheap shot loved it. He thought it was. A yeah, great he match. was up up on it. He was like four and a half. I four, think. four and a quarter. Oh, okay, uh, is what he told me. But yeah, and then he, he discovered that he was the high man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, some parts of it were good. Obviously, uh, Tim Thatcher and, and Ali Lorcan have got tremendous chemistry. They're very similar wrestlers. Um, they did a lot of good stuff in it. It was a it was a solid main event for night one. So you had two really good matches to end, end the night on. Uh, do you feel like everything else was a little bit middling? I guess. Yeah, I think that was the general consensus last night coming home from the bowling was that it was sort of a gentleman's free show. <laughs> mm. um, I mean, I enjoyed seeing Lavaniel for the first time. Yeah, uh, Le- Lavaniel's like he's, he's a snob. Yeah, Which, I mean, I I love all that. I love just the bastards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he he was good. I think him tagging with Amel was a good choice mm-hmm. because uh, they complement each other. She's tagged with a couple of people um, in like intergender matches. Well, they're not even they're mixed tags, not intergender. Yeah, yeah. and that felt like a a better match for her than some of the others that she's been in with so uh, yeah they looked like a regular team didn't they yeah yeah uh, and they went up against uh, Faye Jackson and Mike Schwartz so I said like Mike Schwartz versus Lavaniel is your classic fucking uh, <laughs> common man versus rich man storyline yeah. like <laughs> it's it's so obvious it's like you know, your Dusty Rhodes versus Ric Flair. Yeah, it was <laughs> very, very straight from the Triple H versus Henry Godwin. <laughs> it's up there with that that kind of dynamic. So I thought that worked really well. Although I do prefer the the Vanille. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what else is on the show? You had the the Crown uh, versus David Starr and Norman Harris. Norman coming in as like a late minute replacement for Eddie yeah. Kingston. I thought again he did really well. But um, the big story of that match was uh, the crown splitting up. Yeah, I've, I thought this was really effective, um, especially the, like the way they did it with Yearn is obviously like the the guy who turns on people. Yeah, <laughs> you know he's got the crazy eyes. Um, you know he looks like he's going to turn on. But that AJ. it kind of felt like Yearn was going to turn on AJ, but then I'm like. Yeah. Eh. AJ is a baby face. I'm not seeing that. So it's like they didn't do that. And I'm like, oh, that's a relief. And then AJ just batters you in the back of the head. So it's like, okay. It was, yeah, it was very well timed that's out. And I thought very effective. Um, I think Yearn's, uh, I was saying this last night, Yearn's most recent heel run has been very flat. Yeah. Uh, there's it, not been a lot of energy to it. And he had that great run uh, as a baby face before turning on Star, where. Like every match he was in was great, 
and it felt like he dialed himself back when he turned heel and it's just it's made his matches very he did get really good as a, as a face didn't he which oh, makes yeah. it yeah like it did feel a bit like he had done everything he could do as a heel for such a long time after his like original main event run but this is a WWE. different hero so he's trying different things in it and yeah but it kind of wasn't his energy yeah it was fine for a really. while but like as soon as he was in that tag team with, with AJ um, I don't know I just didn't think that they clicked particularly well I don't think they have the same style or anything it's mm. I don't see the common thread there I, I think they probably click more on like a personal like out of wrestling yeah, yeah than... they're clearly friends outside <laughs> but yeah I get what you mean about it on the wrestling level they are it's a little bit like yeah, it, it never smashed like, together never felt like a good fit for me so I don't know I'm not really missing yeah to, but I, I thought the turn worked really well um, yeah. and obviously it was very effective with uh, me, Matthew, and Kilby wearing yeah, our yeah. I Love Bacon Burger King crowns. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were gonna hand out crowns to like everyone if, but there were only like three left at Burger King, so we just reserved so, yeah. them for ourselves and threw them in the bin when <laughs> the crown broke up. <laughs> uh, Very much a cursed weekend. Uh, yeah, if you're a fan of the crown, if you're a fan of the crown and wearing a crown to show that. <laughs> Uh, how do you feel about Star and Norman Harris? How, how do you see them doing in the, the tournament? Um, well, I feel like their purpose has sort of been served now, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. So probably an elimination tonight, but I mean, you never know. It, it is David Star. <laughs> he has a tendency to stick around in these things. He's good at tournaments, yeah, um, especially tag tournaments. He got to the final with uh, with Yearn. Um. Certainly for this weekend, it's been a big weekend already for Norman Harris. Yeah, he's he's got a lot of so, action going. Yeah, I mean he was superb uh, in a circle, took an absolute beating, and he was he was very good in the underdog role in, in this yeah. match. And uh, he got the pin as well. He got he pinned um, he pinned Aja. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean that was obviously done to make it even more shocking. Yeah, but yeah. Like they're really going hard on pushing or like showcasing Norman Harris right yeah. now, like saying. This is the guy, but not for now. But yeah, you know, but these are for the future. Remember, remember his name. Yeah, and I think they're doing a very good job of that. Uh, for WXW's um, uh, Twitter or whatever it was, there was a promo where you said like, um, "You're going to see the future of wrestling this weekend," and yeah. that's why I've picked Norman Harris as my tag team partner. So. Fantastic. Yeah, I suspect that they will go out in the the next round because yeah. I feel like you can't really push. Uh, a youngster that hard because I think the, the the fans end up resenting them a little bit so I think they're they're in a position where they can lose to pretty much anyone at this point because no one would, would be shocked if Norman yeah. Harris took a not beat. having a bracket does make it harder to predict like I guess that's the point yeah I think I'm getting my head around the booking for it now so yeah <laughs> so I can see them going out in the in the next round yeah is there anything else uh, we want to highlight from uh, there's a few other matches. Uh, Work Horseman, Anti Fun Police was alright. Um, JD Drake's great. I could I could watch him wrestle for. Yeah, I mean, obviously days. between the press conference and the bowling, he he exhibited himself very very well. Uh, and obviously the match, like he's got it going on. I'm excited to see him tonight and tomorrow. 
And um, we also had uh, Flamita and Jonathan Gresham, which uh, I mean, we're talking about the, the main event being a bit exhibition -y. This was extremely exhibition <laughs> Uh, it's not easy to, to plan out matches with luchadors when they don't speak a lot of English. Yeah. So uh, I think there was a lot of... I, it, the same thing happened when Flamita came to, to progress. Like He struggled to communicate his ideas, yeah, I think. That was the a weird match he had, yeah. Kind of very basic, and this was similar. Um, I did basically spend most of this match just joking about uh, Jonathan Gresham's Thunderstruck uh, <laughs> fake theme. <laughs> It was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was a good theme, but just because it was a complete rip-off of Thunderstruck. <laughs> yeah, so that was fun. I enjoyed that. That's probably one of my favourite matches that we haven't really like talked about as a, a highlighted match, but like, I don't think you should go out of your way to watch it or anything. It was, it was yeah. fine for what it was. Uh, there's a couple of others. Uh, JAA against Pretty Bastards was the opener. Um, that was... Fine, it was very yeah, solid. I was actually kind of surprised that um, they didn't uh, progress the um, Jay and Andy. Um, I, I guess that was like the, the the upset for the night having Pretty Bastards win. Yeah, I guess they wanted to feature Pretty Bastards a bit more since they've been, you know, guys hanging around for mm. so long. Like they wanted to actually use them tonight. Yeah, well, they're both good boys. The trouble is, yeah. they've, they've treated them like enhancement for. Yeah, for two years. Yeah, maybe too long. Yeah, like, it's, it is a little. You, you get a period of being in hot. Like David Starr went through that period, but eventually he had stuff to sink his teeth into, whereas they really haven't. Yeah, had that. You know. So well, this is it, but like. Yeah, the, but it's, it's taken a while to yeah. get. There. So <laughs> I thought they were really good. Um, th there was a little bit of overkill in there because they did the, um, the the spot where Andy's got the guy on his shoulders. I think it might have been a horror, and Skillet hits moves like he does the, the jump, the jumping knee off the top, and then the, the super kick, and then the F five. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's the finish. Yeah, the, I thought that was the finish. Yeah, like, yeah. and people like counted the three around me. So like, <laughs> and, was, but, yeah. and then they just the, the finish was like a roll up. Yeah, that was a little bit weird, but you know. Yeah, I think that went a little bit too far on that because. Um, but I feel like Andy is very legitimate because he had that long title run. He's had that even before that in, in tag teams. He was always like the tag team guy. He was yeah. he was a dominant force in that division. Yeah. So yeah, I thought it was a bit weird that they had they they went out of their way to try and make Pretty Bastards look good. Whereas having Pretty Bastards not lose for two years beforehand would have made them look <laughs> <laughs> better. Right, coming yeah, to this it's, more competitive, they too much too soon. All the overkill, especially in the opening match, but um, like I say, it was, it was solid. It was fine. And then there's the Birch Club. Mm. My concern about this whole tournament is that it does feel now that Purge Club are in it to win it, which I just well number one, I don't want to watch them wrestle three times. <laughs> And number two, I don't think they're good enough to mm. be winning a tournament of this stature. Yeah, they haven't I mean, really I done anything to <clears throat> make themselves really hated either. We look at how strong the field was last year when uh, JFK won it. Yeah. And we were saying that JFK probably weren't like good enough to actually win the tournament. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, that is many times over the argument for, for Purge Club not winning because they're nowhere near as good as JFK were last year. Yeah. So 
I don't know. I just, I, I worry about that. Because, like, who else are you going to... It is a little bit worrying. <laughs> ...win there? Because, like, your, your workhorsemen are, are an outside team, so I don't see them winning. You've got Starr and, and Harris. That's unlikely because Harris is a rookie, basically. Pretty Bastards, I'd be surprised if they won the whole thing. Um, now we've already talked about the other two, who I think are going to be the other two finalists, which is Aris of Hungary and uh, Oni and Dan Birch. I think the, the NXT team is going to be in there because they're the NXT team and they're specifically going to not take the pin. So I think Arrows of Hungary take the pin, yeah. which sets up a heel win, which is the Birch Club. <laughs> That's my thinking. Don't break out your ice pudding yet, boys. Rice pudding. <laughs> but yeah, the Birch Club, they're just not very good. I mean, for years we've said like that um, Pete Bouncer of, of the Rise group was the one that looked handsome, but like wasn't that good in the ring. Yeah. Hasn't really gotten any better. And I think even Kiev's got worse. Yeah. Well, the thing is, even if they weren't, I mean, they don't have to be amazing wrestlers if, you know, they're hated and they've got loads of heat. But, like, I feel like people don't really care about them. Mm. Or, like, there's nothing to really think. Like, there's no reason to care about them. What? Right now. What anyway. would worry me is what a fan, when they did the whole, like, reveal of the Purge Club and they came out and, and like, some of the fans were like, oh, what the hell is this with the masks and the, the X's over the eyes yeah. and everything? And then they got into the ring and pulled the masks off and the first thing the crowd did was chant, you're still shit. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a little bit worrying. <laughs> a little it's bit worrying so for accurate. future plans. Yeah, so, that's not really what you want for... To make your intimidating heel group, uh, you know, I, big I and scary is just not be in shit. any way surprised if they won. Um, I guess it depends what. I think we'll look at uh, the Tim Thatcher Bobby Guns match. If Tim wins that, I think it's a lock that Purge Club are winning. Yeah, you can't eat rice pudding three no, days in a row. They don't. They just don't book that way. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, I am really excited for the main event tonight with Bobby Guns and Tim Thatcher because that is a match that has, you know, legitimate uh, long-term implications. You know, both guys are well over with our contingent. Um, I feel like... Um, and they're very synonymous with these weekends. Which is... Yeah. I think that's going to be the difference in that match in terms of popularity. Bobby is definitely working here. Yeah, yeah. But it's still you know, an exciting one for those characters. Like, obviously, with all the, you know, WWE influence, the, the cloud hanging over, <laughs> um, you know, it can be more difficult to get excited for stuff, but that is something that is at least, you know, unaffiliated with all of that and can just be, you know, mm. the resolution to a WXW story. Yeah, there's no, there's no WWE interest in that. Unless they've specifically told them they don't want Tim Thatcher as champion. <laughs> Which I don't think they have. I don't think there's there's any kind of anti-Tim Thatcher. By, I mean, they would sign him if he would sign for them. The problem is with, with David Starr, they clearly don't like David Starr. Mm. WWE have made it very clear that they don't want him to look good in this company. They've made that very, very clear. So... Again, that's another reason why they're not winning. Because <laughs> I don't see him winning anything in this, this promotion based on politics. Yay. 
creative decisions influenced by uh I yeah, I feel it's outside influence uh WXW's creativity greatly that um they have this hanging over them. But um as as long as the weekend is still fun, I don't have a problem with it. And it's so far yeah. it's been fine. And then we haven't even gone into like the what yeah. should be the good one. We're getting into the, the nitty gritty now, so, yeah. And there's still four shows left, so <laughs> I, I have no yeah, we've got Femme Fatale coming up in about an hour and then obviously Ambition tomorrow. Yeah, so four shows, four good shows coming up. So do we have any last things to say before we get ready by going to over to Centro? <laughs> no, let's get some food. Let's get some food. song and obviously being a bad guy now you know you don't necessarily need the chance but you know what are your personal thoughts on that so here's the thing like people ask me at the end of party what's worse losing the belt or having to change the theme song that's a difficult question it's just robot rock used to be my theme song for a couple of years now and it's the best by far absolutely but yeah, uh, the fans demanded some change. They wanted like the royalty-free music. They got it. I don't know if that's the best decision, but that's not up to me. The theme song I have now, I like it. It's good. I had plenty to choose from, and I chose this one. Uh, it's good. People and people got used to it immediately. So why bother? It's good. We'll keep it. And uh, half a year from now, people they won't argue anymore. They they don't they won't even know about robot rock anymore. They, that's it. That's the nature of the business, right? We are back from Femme Fatale, we are in the hotel room and we are tasting beers um, with all our friends. We've got Amphirus here of course, we've got the Generalissimo himself, Zhao. Hello Zhao. Hello. We've got champion bowler James here with us. Hi guys. <laughs> and we've got the man I'm trying to make uh, laugh all weekend long, Mike Kilby. Hello. And we've also got Matthew, but he's in the toilet right now, so I'm, I'm sure he'll have... <laughs> I, I was gonna give you a, I was gonna give you a big reveal when you came out, and you know, but you know, Matt. It's Mark. We'll say hi to Matthew in a minute, but we, uh, and Mark. <laughs> and Mort is out of the window, being waved at. Come in. If he wants to join in on the record. No, he's turned the corner. Yeah. Morton, okay. where are the Morton? Well, I mean, <laughs> we've got a lovely city views of scenic Oberhausen with us. And this, is, this is wrestling Shakespeare. <laughs> this is better than Shakespeare. And we are here to talk Femme Fatales. Because it was actually quite a good show. I thought it was probably a better show than Night One, to be honest, yes. um, overall. 
Here is Matthew of Botchamania fame. Oh, Hello. Oh, thanks for waiting. <laughs> <laughs> three pounds light. <laughs> yeah. The strike took three minutes, but Doomy Head took five, so sorry I'm late. You could have wiped though. He <laughs> <laughs> just did an arms do, mate. <laughs> Uh, not he's currently <laughs> moving like a dog. <laughs> we have matches to discuss on. We do. What Wait, was your do you start? Do you want to like overall look at the, the whole thing? Because like it's basically just yeah. Thing, isn't it? Well, I mean, Layla Hirsch is probably like the focus of yeah. the show in general because she had the big promo at the start. I've, the way they've been doing these promos has been really cool with oh. like the more homegrown talent uh, getting I mean, more of a highlight. If you, if you weren't familiar with it before that, then that just summed up what she was and it yeah. kind of set her for the, the run throughout the tournament but uh, so who here had actually seen a, uh, like Layla Hirsch wrestle before? No, not in my life. On a dub now, yeah. So you've seen her on tape but you haven't oh, seen her? No, but not in real life, no. no. Yeah, actually yeah, she was on the last um, Raid 2 show. Back to, yeah. yeah, but this was like, like I guess her first feature presentation. Yeah, it's an introduction. Is that tough? Uh, yeah, so Layla Hirsch is kind of like the focal point yeah. throughout the tournament. She beat also. Sammy Jane again in round one. I was a little bit surprised that by weird. that. Yeah. Because like they had that match on in a circle. They had a very very similar match with the exact same finish with the armbar. Yeah. Why do that one? It, it was almost like the inner circle one was like a confidence builder, I guess, to be like, yeah, we can do all these spots. I don't know, but it was weird. That it they was had a that little finish it on in a circle show as yeah. well. So they've if you're going to put the same match on, then I would have put Sammy Jane over at uh, yeah. Circle just as a bit of a, oh, she could win the tournament and then have Layla. Sammy Jane looks match. a bit stupid. <laughs> I did she enjoy her. Like a mug. I enjoyed her Iron Brew outfit. A mug though. of Iron Brew. Yeah. <laughs> the suit cracks off the ropes. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I, I liked that the, when she did that at Inner Circle, the, the people at ringside had no idea what that move was. And I'm watching her watching come across the ring going, I know what this move is. You clearly don't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there it is. Um, I thought Martina was really good. Yeah, I mean, the, she certainly won the Irish crowd over again. Like, mm. obviously, previously when we were here, well, she was getting stick. Or, um, she had done before, like, mm, Karen. I don't. I wouldn't say that she's completely won over. I think no. okay. I played to the ground in the Irish scene. And I of course, I it's a, say it's a mixed the Belfast show last week didn't leave a good taste. I mean, but, in, the the improvement is obviously. Yeah, like going to Japan yeah. and wrestling so many matches, but has I mean clearly improved her. Yeah, she's um, she's way better in the ring than she was when she had that abomination with um, yeah Vader Scott. Vader Scott, who's probably back at Karen. Hey, mm. great. So yeah, she had Vesna in the first round, which yeah. um, I thought that was going to be an absolute disaster because it's such a clash of styles with like the one uh, like enormous wrestler and, and then a smaller comedy wrestler. But like uh, I thought yeah. they, they pulled off. They, yeah, they hard. they did that dynamic really well. Like where Martina was obviously like still doing comedy and like yeah. pretending to be afraid of her or whatever, but then like still mixed it up. Yeah, so. but then she tried to get more serious and she went to do like the the double springboard thing. The ah look what I learned in Japan and Vesna yeah. just went bunk, <laughs> knocked her out there on the way down. So it had like a nice um, uh, build to it with uh, hello, a nice uh, with her trying different things uh, to, to get the job done and eventually getting it uh, yeah. with that Jaeger bomb which is the finish she does with it's like a flipping it's a cru crucifix bomb yeah yeah it's like a, yeah it starts off with like the 
It starts off like, like, like an abdominal stretch and then she flips yeah. into a, into a driver. I've so. not seen that anywhere else. So it's nice to see a, a unique move thanks from Martina. Really <laughs> adds to it. Yeah. I, I assume she learned it in Japan. Well, yeah. Because she wasn't doing that and then she went to Japan for a bit and came back and was doing it and it was like, oh, okay. Picks up a few tricks. No. Uh, Vesna beat the shit out of her as well because she, oh, yeah, she had those big overhand she shots. She had some Marafuji marks on her. Yeah, yeah it's like red as hell there. So um, I was impressed with Joan from, from Martina. I think she's getting better every time I see her. Yeah. Very surprised to see her beat Brock Vesna. <laughs> yeah, I, Vesna's yeah, like she doesn't she does lose quite a bit, I guess, on these weekends. Um but yeah, like it's always nice to see her. Um uh, that's why they bring bring her in, yes. Of course. She has the legitimacy. Yeah. She can she can afford to lose. Yeah. She'll still look. She's pretty much retired yes. now. She's barely wrestled yeah, this year, a, so and she's very much winding it down. A mascot yeah. character more than she, she she kinda of does the odd like GWF match and and also both fest both WXW festival weekends and that's what she does now. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I quite enjoyed Lana Austin and Baby Allison as well. Uh, maybe just for the chanting more than anything. Mm. And Lana Austin's uh, very memorable uh, generic theme music with the doo dee doo dee doo. As Matthew says, it sounded like Baby Elephant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Baby Shark maybe. Yeah. No 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 no. But if, if DJ Scooter. Did baby elephant? I don't know why that. Yeah, but I don't. Oh, yeah. I don't know why that. This would. I don't want that distract from the fact that Lana Austin is someone I've seen like grow from being that last a title that would literally like just do any dive or fall out the ring yeah. at the expense of her own body to get herself over to being an accomplished wrestler. I was very surprised and happy to see her in progress. I'm very surprised and happy to see her in Dub X Dub, and she looked like she belonged. So Definitely, she's very very, very tidy and neat and organised as a as a wrestler, which is not what you would have said about her when you first saw her. Exactly. Yeah, so like yeah, when I when I first like uh, like saw her, like she was a bit haphazard. Like I guess she didn't really know what she wanted to be. Now I feel like she's got like her character and her aura down a lot. But that hip attack's great as well. Yeah, she's. Yeah. she's it's I mean, better she, than the Tony Storm one. She just absolutely it looks good. And she's been ninety percent of her arsenal. As well, like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was like, oh, yeah, thanks, Paul. Yeah. Oh, um, and again, it's a, it's a very rewarding, nice feeling when you see someone who be like, oh, okay, whatever. And you know, you, you don't see, you know, you don't see mountains being formed, do you? You just see mountains. So it's nice to see, like, bit by bit, bit by bit, she's become this conscious cross. They wasn't just relying on her ass, no. And I, ironically, relying on her ass in her offences made her a more complete wrestler. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that was really fun. And her wearing the Taguchi colours as well was uh, well appreciated. It's friends. Yeah, I know, it was a central perk, but it was Taguchi colours as well. With, <laughs> oh, okay. With the hip, hip attacks. I'm sorry we didn't get to see more of Vicious Vivian. <laughs> yeah, she the, was... The match uh, started, and I wrote down what the match was. I looked up and Lufisto had beaten her, and I was like, oh. She was rather <laughs> there to... Uh, uh, lose, she, wasn't she? she? Um, we, I did a brief look at this video and she, she comes from German Hurricane Wrestling. Um, kind of coincidental for this weekend. But, right, I was going to say. Um, but uh, she's kind of been wrestling for about a year and I think it's probably go. this guy could probably sell for Lufisto and that's probably about as much. But it's good theme music. Yeah, but she, she's, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say she's probably ready for a I don't think you'll probably be seeing her again for a while. Mm. Yeah, but I think well, she, it was a real, she was last gas villain, wasn't it? She was a Soraya. Soraya night, yeah. So. Yeah, of course. 
Yeah, it's a shame Soraya wasn't there because she could have done something yeah, very interesting. Her and the fish, though, would have been a good match. Oh, yeah, that would be a hell of a match. They'd have probably done a big crowd brawl all yeah. over the place. Yeah. So yeah, that is a, a missed opportunity. But I mean, it kept Lufisto fresh for her later matches, and I think that probably benefited them, to be honest. Yeah, well, both of her matches after that were really good. The one yeah. with Lana Austin, I thought, was was great. And the main event with uh, Layla Hirsch was like... The, yeah, the main event was really good, yeah. As was, I, I think the title match was pretty good as well. Like, both of those matches... It was pretty were, good. I, uh, Amel um, is a lot better than she was when we saw her wrestle for Colt. But at the same time, I still don't think she's at the level where... They wanted to be, which is like their ace. Yeah, um, she's got the character work down completely. Oh yeah, totally. But it's it's very hard to fill in for a spot where they've had Tony Storm and Killer Kelly, and then it's like shit. We haven't got someone. We'll just use a Mel, and it's a real tough spot to go into because she has to carry the division, and they're basically jetting people in to to wrestlers. So she had yeah. Like, yeah. to Nil Dashwood. Uh, a fan and it was uh, an okay-ish match with some really dodgy spots in it and this is the problem that she's got is like she's having to carry everything so I don't know do, do you think uh, Lufisto beats her tomorrow? I'm not too sure no, like no. Lufisto's history with the company like does kind of run through the Femme Fatale tournament so her getting the Femme Fatale victory oh. is sort of like you know, a big moment for her. Like, that's what she's been working for for the last couple of years. I'm not sure, like, the title is really... It, it does kind of seem like she's taking the shot now because she's only here this weekend. Yeah, that is kind of what I'm feeling. Like, if if she was going to win, they'd be, like, booking it for December or whatever. Yeah. But then Mako Satomura's title shot from her winning um, uh, Femme Fatale, she's taken at anniversary this year <laughs> from, like, the year yeah. before. So. Well, they could do a progress and just put the title on the Fisto and just not book her for, for like, months. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Uh, also, a special mention to the Mild segment before this match, uh, which I don't know why they thought it was a good idea. That, it was almost like they hit the wrong button, or like just had forgotten to like edit it. I don't. Okay. It was it was like watching like you know like the first reel before you get into. Yeah, any right, editing. right, right, right. Yeah. All right, that was the practice run. Now for real. Yeah. So for those who didn't see it, uh, obviously the point of the podcast. So Faye and Amal are backstage, and they're going like again. Oh, who are you to, you know, like with NXT UK production levels and acting? It's all right, I'm not going to judge too much. But then, you know, because she's like, okay, will you defend the title tonight at Fan? Shows the clip. They show the clip of her winning clean. The clip they showed was her beating Faye she, Jackson with she no used, cheating. No, she used a, um, something and choked it. Yeah, it was like a... a was that what happened? It was I like needed a, Alan Forrell explain everything, because I thought that was a completely legal sleeper hold. It was, it was like a towel just, involved. She turned yeah. around to say something to someone, and she got like a towel, and she, she was choked. Don't blame me for their mistakes. <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't particularly clear, and then they come back, and they're wearing the same clothes. It was clearly it was shot clearly seconds yeah. after the first one, is my point. I mean, they couldn't have had, like, a towel or the oil. They could have, like, chucked a bottle of water. Exactly, yeah. like, so... It was, and this would never would have happened under Christian Yacobi. It was... It was What's a pretty... this all about? Oh, Carlston. <laughs> now then, now then. I love Carlston, but, like, I, what was he doing in there? Just, yeah. like, Robocop And it's, it's disappointing <laughs> as well, because before that, they played, like, a little, you know, like, yes. Champions montage video for the yeah. title, oh, and that would have been a much better hype. I'm hoping they have that for all the belts. Yeah, that was really Hopefully, cool. Yeah. And like, so I'm looking forward to boo. Even, even yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like that. That's a favorite bit of this. It's a bit weird that the champions montage they've had like three champions. No, but even, <laughs> even though Tony Belt has only been around for two years, like it shows that they value it and like 
like respect the lineage and it matters who wins it like for all the titles so like that was really cool and then they just kind of ruined it by throwing out that you know non-edited hype yeah. video that was Bad. just really awkward and i went to the toilet during it because i didn't, didn't want to watch it <laughs> do you feel that uh the standard is lower well the, certainly the star power is lower than a year ago uh do you think the standard was the same or lower or higher or as I think the standard was way lower. I think last year's Femme Fatale's was... The, well, uh, the quality of the people that were in it was higher, so it's... Yeah, and I think um, there was an element of... Um, I, there, there was a good reason for the vast majority of people winning last year. I think there was... Everybody had kind of been established in WXW or were well-renowned wrestlers at the, t at the top of their game. I don't think... With, as good as, like for example, Lana Austin or Sam, Sammy Jane are... They're not at the level of Mako Satomura, and I don't, and I don't think that's the thing. Millie McKenzie had been in WXW for about three, four months by that point. Killer Kelly again. Mm. Um, Tony, uh, was Tony Storm in that tournament then, or was she in the oh, title I match? I remember she was. I think she had a title match. I probably should look at what the uh, the card was before asking the question. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think no, I think Melanie Gray had a match with Martina. Yes, yes. So Melanie Gray had a match with Martina in the Nonto, but. Everybody else in the tournament was uh, either had experience at WSW or uh, you could argue were good, good picks to be in the tournament because they were among the best. But I don't think that was the case this year. There was a, as kind of is fitting with the weekend, there was people being pushed in because that's who <laughs> all they had left, really. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah this Fisto, is just to interrupt, Lefisto defeated Tony Storm in the first round of Femme Fatale last year. Yeah. yeah. It's, this is the problem with them. Um, with the, the contract situation that's going on uh, and where WXW put themselves in that, it's like the people who have signed for places are just not here, so you're looking at a very uh, reduced talent pool. But mm. to be fair, everyone that they had come for this show uh, all did a really good job. So yeah. I think it's... Uh, it's an opportunity, isn't it? And they've all taken I thought having Lufisto be the biggest star did allow that story to be told where like she got the win that you know she'd come over here for two years to try and get and on the third time she gets it so I thought that was like a nice nod to her which yeah, they maybe I, I wouldn't have like, got if they'd had a bigger star in there like a Mako or yeah a and the whole tournament was a star making thing for Layla Hirsch so yeah like, that, that worked really that really worked, worked as well so I feel like they've come out of it with a ready made star in, in Layla and I thought Faye Jackson was, was great as well in, in yeah, yeah. the ML uh, title match so they've they've strengthened the division through this show Definitely. it must have been hard to sell tickets for it based on what the lineup was it but seemed like at the, the same, same time people the audience came. level was about the same because yeah. the people that don't like women's wrestling aren't going to go to it anyway and everyone else is fairly supportive. Yeah, so I don't, it wasn't noticeably less than it was last year. I think, yeah, I think it was pretty yeah, much so the same. Pretty much yeah. the same. I was going to say, like, obviously, Star Power not being what it is. I actually see that as a positive in some aspects because one of the reasons I liked uh, getting into the next stub as well as any other promotion or company or territory is the fact that I don't know everything. I don't know every single single uh, subject or thing about every wrestler that's in that the show. Yeah. So I like it when there's like, oh yeah, the people that. You know aren't here, but here's someone brand new. And I go, great, I have no expectations, so the only way is up. I can only think positive <laughs> things. There was there was only one performance I would describe as rough, and it was Martina versus Ugly Blayla. But at the same time, it was a good match. Mm. It wasn't, as we said, like synchronized swimming, you know, or anything like that. But I like that, though, because that, I think there was someone here said, like, yeah, the Gre Gresham um, 
Flammy, the match was beautiful, stunning, you know, one, two, yeah, three, that was, three, that was two, but, you know, Grease Lightning, World Grease Lightning. But this was different, and both, you need both of those type of matches on the yeah. show on a weekend like this with variety. You need to have the rough looking matches, the hockey fights along the, the with the art matches. Is in the imperfection. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. That's, imperfection is Heilig. I agree with that. Uh, yeah, I, compl- I do completely agree that it's fun to see loads of different people like Faye Jackson I'd never seen right. before. It was cool to see her. And like, you know, you don't get that if you throw, you know, all the established stars at all. So there is that to say about it. Um, but yeah, obviously, like, the quality will is inevitably going to go down. Like, just those, like, as you say, the Layla Hirsch Martina match was I good, think that but it was. It expectations as well. So you go into it not expecting, uh, like, Mako and Tony in the final, and you're not going, oh, well, you're going to see, like, a fucking four and a half star match there. It's yeah. a case of, well, Let's see what they can do, and um, everyone yeah. did well. I thought. And I th- I th- that same spirit goes in tonight. I think like it's interesting. Like we don't really know exactly what's going to happen yeah. in the tournament as a whole because there's a lot of teams which I wouldn't really consider in the top echelon. The, the, the yeah. tournament last year was very very strong, whereas I think this year the the strength of the teams is not anywhere near on that level. Um, well, you, you have the work rate block where every single match was at least was four incredible. four and a quarter. Yeah. Mm. Every single match, and that was at least four and a quarter in yeah. the work rate block. So, yeah, I think it's very different this year. I'm liking this matter than last one I was at because I missed 2018. I mean, 2017 was very mixed. Um, you know, there was some good stuff there. You know, Andy turning on Alani, you know, all that stuff mm. there. But, like, so I was cool. in no desire to go see World Tag League 2018. Oh, oh. This year I missed it. Uh, this always, year I was wanting to see it. I've so. always enjoyed Tag League more because I think it's because it's a little bit. It's a little yeah. bit quiet. Yeah, it's a little bit more relaxed. Quiet. Not of a trip, but not of a trip. Like, obviously, the, the, the Saturday World Ride, like, all the four shows plus the party is amazing. Yeah. I do kind of like, it feels like a little bit more spaced out. Kind of like, okay, oh, okay. right, let's have, a, let's have a drink and then go to a show and have a yeah. bit of food and then go to the show. It's not show, 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 have a inhale a hot dog sort of thing. You know? that, that was, yeah, I completely agree with what you're saying there, Kilby. Yeah. Again, because you're great. We got some nice chilled vibes in in the hotel room tonight. So <laughs> we got to go back to to Vinale, Zwei. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, anybody want to have any last thoughts about Femvital, or shall we go get some food? <laughs> the last two matches were great. I really enjoyed. Yeah, that. I thought the last two matches were yeah. really good, and to be honest, as a whole show, I enjoyed it more than night one. So oh, it's nice to see. Oh, sorry. Oh. On the main event, I really enjoyed. Like for the ending, the crowd was. Dispersed yeah. around the ring. The crowd yeah. moved in, didn't they? Everyone yeah, that was great. came around the ring, yeah. really close yeah. to the seat, yeah. better. Yeah. That was a really cool moment. That was I don't know if it will yeah. come through on the, the VOD, but. Yeah. yeah, I hope it does. I hope they get that wide shot in. Because it's, it's like a, a midday show, everyone is like relaxed yeah. around the ring. And then it's like, oh, I'm back. Oh, <laughs> this, <laughs> yeah. oh, this is really good. Like, pissed out their skulls with it. Uh, seeing how happy Snowboy was at seeing the Fisto win. That was nice. And also liked uh, Baby Allison's uh, Witch Bitch. Witch Bitch is a great That was fantastic, oh. yeah. Wow. Yeah, I enjoy Baby Allison <laughs> just in general. <laughs> Thank you.
to the issue of the entrance music again. Um, my understanding is that it was done to enhance um, the experience for people watching on VOD. Do you think that it has had a negative effect on the live experience for fans who come to the shows? Uh, like, to my mind, before the only way that you could hear the entrances and to experience the live entrances was to come to the show and hear those, those, that music. And like, if you think about someone like Bobby Guns, how that music contributed to his rise in the company. So do you feel there has been a downside to it as well as an upside? Uh, it's a funny thing that you mentioned Bobby Guns because, uh, like I said before, we had another library uh, which we worked with for like a week and we found a theme which uh, sounded uh, just like the Daft Punk song, like the same beat, the same uh, instrumentation, everything, and you could have chanted the Guns Bobby Guns uh, chant to that with no problem. Um, but then on the other side, uh, if you have a new theme, like Bobby's theme now, um, I think fans at Shortcut to the Top really tried to be as positive um, about this as possible. And we were super, super happy. I think I can speak for everybody um, that, of course, there is negativity if something like this changes because you're used to the music, right? You want to hear those things you knew for years and years and years. And uh, But I think the live experience wasn't hurt by it. I mean, you guys have to tell us, right? But like, um, to us, all the, all the live dates we did until now, we didn't have the feeling that it hurt the life experience, it only helps that the music you hear on VOD, as somebody who is only a WXW Now subscriber, for example, and we heard this in the past couple of months a lot of times, which surprised us, that people who have WXW Now, that they've never been to a live show, and now they already know the theme, and if you do a live show, and then, like, if you attend a live show, not, then you watch it on WXW Now, you hear the same theme again, right? So, um, it's a very, very hard cut we had to make, um, but until now, everything went fine. At least that's the perception we have, yeah. Since Walter is such a huge part of the company, um, what has it been like and how do you feel not having him here this weekend? Obviously, Walter is one of the most important parts of the growth of WXW in the last five to six years, I would say. So, and it's his first festival weekend, he's not around since his first carrot, I think. So it's definitely very different to not have him around and he's in charge of, or he was in charge of much more than, than everybody thinks he is. He's so important to, to the team and the wrestlers. So it's definitely a change this weekend. But there are other wrestlers, more experienced wrestlers, stepping up, trying to fill his role. And I think everybody tries to make it work. And they're just adapting to new roles. But but I like how, it, how the team steps up without one of the main components being around the water. So I think that it's working this week, but it will be a, with it being less around, it's still a hard road. I have something very similar in March. Um, it's interesting to see how it is six months on, effectively. Um, Twelve months ago, there was a restructuring with, uh, for example, the ending of Shotgun. Um, how do, how, uh, what I'd like to ask is how has um, 
the road to shows and the edits uh, performed in, uh, on VOD compared to Shotgun. And do you still think the road to uh, shows have been uh, better or worse? Yeah. Right, in general terms. Uh, so, uh, statistics show that the road to shows are watched more than Shotgun episodes. Um, I feel that still the storytelling is, is very different from a weekly product to just a, a certain amount of releases per year. This is a challenge that's creative faces and our style of writing and booking needs to adapt to. Um, and this is very much a process uh, that we failed at certain points this year and that we're trying to, to do better right now. Um, also, I feel that uh, the landscape of WFA has changed, say, in 2015, 2016, we were working mainly with talent whom we knew was available to WSW. It was very easy for everyone to write for them because unless something bad happened, the media were going to be there. And it was very easy to, to have the show contagious tape something and then knew what the next step was going to be. Nowadays, we work with talent who is contracted uh, by another promotion plus other people. We work with talent who are working WSW amongst other places and it's not as easy to know who's going to be available four weeks from now, six weeks from now, eight weeks from now. So this is the main challenge that I need to turn into, um, along with the change from shotgun to uh, to It is the end of the weekend here at Oberhausen. We are in the hotel room and we have shows to discuss. Um, and also, we are also just discussing various bodily fluids leaving us as yep. they have been doing all over the course of the weekend. Like the, the theme of the last hour or so, because like we were going to record downstairs and then uh, me and Matthew started exchanging drug stories. Yes. Which segged into like a 20 minute conversation or something about dicks yeah um, the size of penises and then so forth we were discussing like how much you urinate <laughs> like a horse apparently and then we were talking about shit breaks yes during, during the, the show today which <laughs> can segue nicely into talking about ambition because it was the end of ambition that uh, brother Moore missed in <laughs> the shitter <laughs> Oh, uh, he missed me the, the whole match. Doing the Kimmy Reichman uh, uh, approach to watching the events. <laughs> <laughs> and on um, holding it in until seeing a Spanish fly at the well, end of the a shoot fly, style event. There was like a Spanish fly, a shoot Spanish fly, and then there yes. was some other shoot move that followed that, which is, I don't remember what that was. But um, I basically just walked straight into the, into the toilet yeah. at the end of the show. So, uh, NXT UK's own A Kid won a late the ambition tournament. for um, Damon Moser, so presumably taking over Damon Moser's victorious. Uh, yeah, Damon Moser messed up, man. Yeah, bad bad luck for Damon. We'll be crying all the way back to Battle Pro tonight. <laughs> but yeah, I, but I mean, is there any one match you particularly want to highlight about Ambition? Or? Ambition, I thought it was a very solid tournament. Like there was a lot of. The thing is with ambition, you're never going to get like a bunch of fucking four star. Yeah, it's always, there's going to be short matches. It's going, yeah. but it's all about like the intriguing moment to moment, you know, transitions and Spanish flies. Who was somebody? 
uh, said like they thought it was going to be very samey because like everyone that was in the tournament was all like a bunch of mat wrestlers, but like they yeah. did, they did mix it up really well. Uh, yeah, the Scotty Davis versus Serious Kev Matt. No, no, it wasn't Russ Serious. Taylor. Russ Taylor, sorry, Russ Taylor versus uh, Scotty Davis definitely picked up the intensity a bit. Russ Taylor versus uh, Serious Kev. <laughs> well, Russ Taylor is a, a serious man as well. I don't know what match you're talking about. <laughs> it's like Scotty Davis wrestled a kid. Oh, f- ignore. That, and that is the match that um, where it went from being that they had like so there was three like really decent matches with uh, Dan McCarvey and James Runyon. That was that was solid. Yeah. Uh, Alexander Dan and Don Garini was solid, and then uh, Russ Taylor and Serious Kev was uh, I keep calling Serious Kev. It's Kev Lloyd. Um, that was really solid. So it was like three like really perfectly yeah. solid shoot style matches, and then Scotty Davis and their kid happened, and there was a spot where um, Scotty Gator rolled um, a kid out of the ring. I thought I Gator rolled him back to NXT, <laughs> <laughs> but so he went out on the floor and he looked hurt, and I thought it was gonna be like a count out or something. And then he stood up and he was and he had this look in his face like yeah, oh, it's fucking on. Went into the ring it and they just fucking, started battering each other. Yeah, with like throwing hands. And I think they went. They probably went a bit too long on that because, like, ideally they want to go back in there, start throwing bombs at each other, and then one of them's going to get knocked out. Yeah, and that would have been ideal. But they kind of they did a. Um, uh, it was a submission finish, but like I missed the tap, so I thought it was a referee stoppage because Tass basically called the, the match off and was yeah. at the finish. But like that bit where like he went back in and they started really going at it, that was like a yeah. let's wipe the crowd up and it really worked. And um, was it Scotty who was like, or I think it was A-Kid who was like throwing the punches to the back of the head, which Ooh. looked very like UFC-ish. And the hammer fist, wasn't it? The hammer fists, yeah. That was really fun. So that definitely upped the intensity. And then I thought uh, Greeny versus Maccabee was really, really good as well. And I, I mean, they were talking about like how they've wanted to have that match for a while. Yeah. And no, that was that was really good. I think that's the... Um, that would have been, I think, the best match. Yeah, I wanted that to be the final because I'm, that was the matchup of the eight that I was really looking forward to. But yeah, it's that was the best match in the tournament. Um, but I thought the best match on the show was uh, Tim Patcher and, and Ari Lorcan because they they just beat each other up and it, it felt like an ambition match because they didn't do anything stupid. Definitely, it was a step above. I think everything else. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think I think when when you consider it, when you compare it. When you compare this Ambition tournament to, for example, to the um, maybe Ambition 2017, when you had Riddle mm. and everybody in that one. I think, yeah, it was Riddle and Speed. No, Riddle, I can't remember who was in the final. It was Riddle and someone. Well, on the Riddle one, anyway. Um, I think like the standard of that was, I think, the highest it's been. Yeah. And I think every year since it's kind of been like, it's been a good standard, but... Mm. Well, Tim won last year. That was that was well, pretty decent. I enjoyed the gimmick of this one being like it was the wild card edition and like leaning into the fact that they didn't have you know the tippy top stars, you know, didn't have a UFC fighter anymore. So like sort of leaning into that. Don, Don Green is a shoot fighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A shoot career. Yeah. But yeah, there's there's a lot of guys who have it in their locker to do that that shoot style, but like. A, too many of them resorted to throwing in like stupid head kicks and stuff that just yeah there was a bit of didn't like you know matrix action film stuff going on which yeah, was a bit annoying know. but 
Um, like Maccabee and Guarini especially kept it pretty grounded. Yeah, I felt like they could have worked within the constraints of, of what shoot style is without resorting to cheap pops. Yeah. So it's Spanish Which they don't get anyway because it's the crowd don't really pop for the ambition. It's more of yeah. What we what we want to see is like yeah. you know it's, it's about it's about oohs and ahs. Yeah, yeah, like the style makes simple moves look like more effective because like they're yeah, so they used in a, a different way. It need it needs to look like the other guy doesn't need to cooperate at all to take the moves. Yeah, so I'm fine with suplexes like like a German like literally just chucking the guy over your head. Yeah, if you have the strength to do it, then yeah, it looks believable. But a Spanish fly, Jesus. Spanish, yeah, that is very egregious, I have to say. Yeah, it's the style of pressing catch. <laughs> so what, what I enjoyed the most about uh, the Tim Thatcher uh, only Lorca matches, they really were unloading on each other. So, like, Tim got cut uh, by yeah. his eye, and he's already like, He's a very bleedy man, He's pretty bleedy. And, and then when he got hit with the big slap, uh, like, he cut part of the inside of his mouth as well so those yeah oh, he, he's mouth. he's good at getting the camera on that face when he gets cut open yeah. you know he's he's oh, he rising his head up making sure everybody sees it but yeah that was great stuff and that, obviously like, you could see how happy he was with it like he was he was thrilled to have that match with the uh, mr Ishikawa uh last year <laughs> at, uh, um, in march but um he was very happy to have that match. Yeah, this was another, you know, meaningful, yeah. emotional match for him. It and feels like Tim has, has basically got to the stage of his career where he can call his own shots and just say, like, yeah. I want to wrestle this guy in a, in a shoot-style match and, and someone lets him. That is what he's really Tim happy about. It. <laughs> <laughs> so he, like, he was walking up the ramp uh, uh, to the like stage area after the um, the match with uh, Lorcan and... He just got this massive smile on his face, and I was like, I was so happy to see Tim Thatcher that happy. Yeah, this like, is like his therapy. To yeah, <laughs> and he's such a good boy that it's just, it just makes me happy that he's doing well. Yeah, and yeah, like, it's I, fantastic. That, that was my emotional moment. I always have a moment at the weekend where I nearly burst into tears, and that was it. <laughs> like when he was going up the ramp and he got the big smile on his face, it's just, I'd be happy. Yeah, it's fantastic that he has this outlet to showcase what he can do. And yeah, a great idea to have it on on the show. Um, and yeah, that and the Maccabee Greeny match definitely yeah. made this one a memorable one. Final, obviously, a bit of a the, letdown. The final was, was going okay. Yeah, until, until the stupid Spanish fly spot that, that everyone hated. And then a kid winning was a bit Uncle Paul. Uh, a little. There were a few moments of hello, if, Uncle Paul. If he today. didn't have that contract, I don't think anyone would have had a problem. With him winning, no, they might have had a problem with him hitting the stupid move, but um, it's the stupid a, move. It's a stupid move combined with the NXT thing that just it was like, oh, okay, that happened, and kind of yeah, yeah. I, I always enjoy ambition. It's a short show. Um, you get like what, what is on the, the yeah. Label. It was great hangover wrestling. I've got to say, like I needed like I needed a sit in silence. Yeah, needed a nice calm. And there's there's not a lot of people in there. It's always like the like a low attended show. So yeah, perfect. It's it's the perfect. kind of show that you, where you need to be able to see the ring, but like we got somewhere where we could stand and see basically and everything. See, yeah, which is perfect. So yeah, perfect way to recover from uh, the after party. <laughs> uh, and then we got like night three, the the main show. 
Um, do I talk about anything in particular first, or just kind of? Um, or do we want to talk about the main event first, and obviously the big angle? I guess so. It's, it's probably yeah. the main. So we have an, a new faction in WXW. Um, a pretty bastard faction, the pretty bastards, victorious. Bobby and the bastards. Bobby and the bastards. Um, pretty bastards, victorious in World Tag Team Festival. Maybe a little bit surprising, but I mean, like I, we did say, that it was either going to be them or Hours of Hungary. Yeah, yeah. But obviously, kind of the the final match was a bit of a moot point, more of an angle than anything else. With the Hours of Hungary getting eliminated relatively early on, and then I thought it was going to be one for. To a finish. Yeah, we didn't know what the rule set was going to be before they announced it. And when they announced uh, that it was going to be elimination, you knew there were going to be shenanigans, shenanigans because Lorcan and Birch were not going to be getting pinned clean. I even said ref bump when the the main event started. I was like, oh, ref bump. Yeah. It wasn't Taz. Like, Taz wasn't <laughs> referring the main event, so there's a ref bump. So, yeah. Shenanigans were lampshaded very early on, and they definitely came to fruition. Um, I, I feel like it was signposted, though. I wasn't only having a problem with... I, you know how much I hate ref bumps, how worked up I get about it, but it just... It felt like they hadn't really yeah. established anyone in this. Like, the Arrows of Hungary, as much as I liked them, it doesn't. It wasn't like they'd been on the cusp for years, and this was their time, and they got screwed out of it, so I wasn't that mad about that. I don't care about Birch and Lorcan, because they're not going to be around. So it kind of made sense to establish but, someone new. Yeah, but therein lies the problem. Well, I, I, to kind of pop on, I think, why the Buzzards are the right people to do it is uh, if you hadn't watched like the shows up to Tagfest, there had been all sorts of um, interesting uh, people being knocked out by stage. Mm. So, for example, the, the whole reason they were in the tournament is because uh, Van Gaster and, and Julian Pace were both eliminated from the tournament for because they've been jumped yeah. backstage. Yeah. First of all, a shortcut, and then also another one in um, New Monster. Now, I think with the faction that's come in, because who was it saying that Pretty Bastards have basically been shown in a camera shot of like, sorry, couldn't have been them, but that's because there's other people in the faction, so it's it was them, it was Bobby. Yeah. And yeah. Norman Harris, who we haven't even talked about, who's the yeah the other member. Yeah, so I think kind of with that in mind, I think, I, I think the problem of people not particularly caring about uh, Lorcan and Birch because they're not full time characters in the universe mm. is that eliminating the Arrows of Hungary first meant that the big faction turning moment was greeted mainly by a baby face reception because people. Do not like WWE. They, they don't like Bobby Guns. They like, they like Bobby Guns. Bosses. They don't have any affiliation. Like yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, the that, I mean, they turned Bobby Guns heel, and he got like an overwhelmingly negative reaction yesterday. But that was because he was wrestling Tim Thatcher, who's been yeah. There for years, but other than years, that, years, you know, he's by everyone. He's the anti-hero, and you know, people are going to cheer the anti-hero over. Two guys who they either have no, uh, you know, if affection it, for or anti-affection. Like Tim and Vice, then I think you've got a yeah. different reaction. But like the Arrows of Hungary had gotten over this weekend as well. So like if they had been the team at the, end, the team at the final, everyone would have been molten for it. I feel like they would have gotten such a massive heel reaction. But because it was the NXT team, it was greeted with you know we like Bobby because we've been watching Bobby even mm. you know even though we were against him yesterday. 
we like him we like you know and we you know we want to cheer for the heels and we want to shove it in Uncle Paul's face. I think so it was a bit of a miscalculation to do it on... But, I mean, they had no choice. Morecambe, but I was and quite happy with the way it played out, to be honest. I thought that they got a reaction. They'll be happy with that, I think. And just because it was a positive one, then yeah. it doesn't mean it won't be a negative one. In Coopenhouse. Yeah. Cologne Mall, yeah. Yeah. I'll just put it down to... The, the, fact, the faction like was established well, but it could have been such a better... They were like, dominant as well. That was the important thing. They didn't look like geeks at all. They didn't look like cowards for doing what they did. They just turned up, beat people up and took what they wanted, which is... Very true. That's what you want from a, a, a stable when you're establishing them. And oddly enough, it's exactly the same way they established Rise. <laughs> they had a team yeah. come in and win the tag titles and the group formed to allow the tag titles. I do wonder how um, the, the, for the for the future obviously because obviously Douglas Abbey is a touring promotion and not just in Oberhausen the next big marquee event is Broken Horse in Frankfurt home of the Pretty Bastards now are they going to be a team in in half the cities on the tour are they going to be massive throw babies in their faces and are they in other cities for example perhaps Hamburg are they going to be like, you know, boot out the building sort of hills. It's going to be interesting sort of dynamic when we do tour around the country. I think there are a way that different wrestlers get different reactions in different cities, so I'm sure they're prepared for yeah for this. Yeah. I'm sure they haven't done this lightly. It's something that was planned. The fact that they spent most of the weekend establishing Norman Harris as somebody who was, like, good well, so that he could get a reaction when he came out and be an important part of their new faction. I think that shows us there was a lot of thought that got into it. There's a touch of the juniors about uh, the Axel D about him, I think. And I think that's probably... He's a big boy. He's just, uh, he's just young. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's good. Like he's, he's, just, he's, he's obviously, you know, it's in the storyline, but being under the wing of something, being able to sort of like hang off... I think you'd get you'd get second hand, not say second hand charisma from someone like Bob because obviously Bobby and the bastards are are really charismatic yeah. people. I think Norman Harris is someone who you're going to see develop. Yeah, yeah. Like and this will help him develop. Year or two years, you'll see him change. He's the Batista of the group. Yeah, or even like Randy Orton. Yeah, yeah. It's like somebody who's like new and relatively experienced, but has all the tools, and it's a case of. There you go. Be a part of this hot angle. Yeah. So I, I am definitely a fan of the faction forming. I just thought it was the wrong team to have them screw over, and the the reaction. I well, mean, I'm glad they did screw them. Yes, but the reaction was uh um, you know, a bit tainted or just like a lot lessened to what it could have been because of outside influence. Yeah. <laughs> but again, I'm I'm the crazy man trying to fight against the tide coming in. Like, you know, at this point, I just, you have to kind I of accept it. it. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I, I felt like something was going to have to happen. Um, like I said, I, there wasn't anything here that had been built up for, for ages that they, they'd fucked with. It wasn't like Avalanche and uh, Nero losing the, uh, the belts. It wasn't, there was no like downer about it it was yeah. just something different so I, I didn't really have a problem with any of it it was it was fine I so and I think in a way like <laughs> putting the sort of cynical hat on um, factions for, for promotions of this size factions are always a good crutch to have when when you have um, 
for example, talent, uh, talent, the talent situation being as fluid as it is at the moment. Yeah. The fact you could, if if need be, if you wanted to put, so for example, someone like if you want to put, um, you know, the NXT guys versus Bob in the Bastards or whatever their name is. Yeah. You could, you know, put a match between. You can slot anyone you, into that. If role. you wanted to, like, have okay, we need a we need a matching thing. You could do Ilya versus Maggot in New Munster or whatever it is, and you're still carrying on the storyline despite, despite you know, this is who we've got available and who's here. Well, yeah, no, that, that's that's definitely a good point. There's a lot of ways they can go with it, which is it's good. I think I'm, it's the same way Rise worked as well as it did. But I, I'm a lot. Happier about this as a faction than I thought I was with Rise because I always felt there was there was weak links in Rise. Whereas yeah. I don't think there's a much stronger old group of yeah. workers. Yeah. I mean, Norman is very inexperienced, but like the potential is there. Yeah, and having Bobby Guns as the leader of a faction is definitely a great idea. Mm. Like he's got that charisma. I'm, I'm imagining. I did like it's come off the back of him losing the title as well, so he's kind of pissed off at everybody. Yeah. And there's a reason to yeah. fuck shit up, and he feels he needs a bit of backup. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'll do it well, well. Shall we move on to the rest of the show? Yeah, uh, well, anything else? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the clearly the most significant thing. Uh, I thought Avalanche versus Palmita was a very good match. Yeah. Um, and Avalanche, I mean, he didn't get much of a chance to like shine this weekend, but he, I mean, he proved his quality in I think class. We both agreed that me and Molly stood, stood here for this, and I think we both agreed this is the best. Flamita singles match he's had in Europe. Yeah, and that sh- that suggests I, that I he was able to it, work. It has with, helped, but yeah. um, his English has been improved ever so slightly. So, like, I think he's getting his ideas across better. So it makes the planning easier. But also, they they did put the, the match together really well. So you had the the power and the speed, and it just kind of clicked. It clicked actually a lot better than I thought it was going to. Yeah, because I, I was talking to Avalanche at the at the after party, and we were talking about that match and what what it might be like and he, he said he hadn't even talked to him about it yet but he was looking forward to to the, the concept so um yeah i think it came off really well um there's a little bit of lucha in there <laughs> <laughs> i love the um uh flamita managing to pull off that uh, death valley driver i mean obviously avalanche jumps up there to help him get him up but he didn't just then Go straight into the move. He held him up there, so that's that's pretty impressive strength for um for Flamita. He's like what, yeah. five foot well, six, he, maybe. Maybe he's a bigger boy at twenty five than he was at nineteen. He's definitely thickened out. Yeah, yeah. I think he always looked big in Dragon Gate though, because he was yeah. <laughs> in Dragon Gate's timing. So yeah, I legitimately thought he was a, a pushing six foot when I saw him because he was <laughs> in Dragon Gate and everyone's tiny. But yeah, I I thought this was a great match. Like, um, and yeah, just a nice little addition. And like on a card like this one, where I thought there were a few dry moments, this was definitely uh, something that left out to me. Pretty consistently good undercard. Like everything. Yeah, on there was, I just I just thought good. by like it was the fifth match, right? That was the the title match, Thatcher versus Gresham. Yeah, I just thought that was really poorly placed on the card. Like at that moment, with you know quite a long first half. Um, to have like that that kind of match, especially when we've seen a lot of that in Ambition, mm. I, it did not resonate with me at all. Like I was just like, "Come on, let's just." Yeah, and 
in terms of placement, it wasn't great, but uh, I think if, if you watch that in the vacuum, I think yeah, on VOD it will look a lot better, and I'll look like a dick for slagging it off, but. <laughs> Yeah, in, in the moment I was tired and just yeah, like I, tried, I, tried I didn't to kind care. Of like mentally reset myself yeah. for it, which was <clears throat> something I couldn't do for like the ML uh, Lou Fisto match, which they put in the death spot um, because they had uh, Star and Dragon off on behind and they just leathered each other. Yeah, it was a, a very physical, um, exciting match and. They needed like a, a cool down match before the main event, and they yeah they just got chucked into that death spot. So it was it was a case of Lufisto uh, having battled their way through a tournament to get a, a title shot, and then yeah. found herself in this this spot where nobody cared. Yeah, I feel like and that that, that could have like very hard to get into that. That could have opened the show, I thought, like and kicked it off to a hot start, and then you could have put the four way in the death slot and just had a bit of flippy do's. Yeah, that would have been better. Yeah, I think they they. They've not been as good at match placement as they used to be. But uh, then again, yesterday when they put the the wacky six-man in before the main event, that worked perfectly. Yeah, that was excellent. Yeah. Like, end of that show was, like, red hot. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's just, know. yeah, they're trying different things but then, in the lab and yeah, some work and you, some don't. You have to remember that they had that, that massive like rescheduling of the whole weekend that yeah. they had to do so twice. Issues so that inevitably things, things will have yeah. slipped through the cracks. There won't have been as much micromanagement yeah, as I thought. Been. This show was particularly affected by that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's completely um, and yeah, back to the for the star and Dragonov match. Um, that one won't assuage any uh, conspiracy theories, but you know, Star is being made to look bad for Well Star hit every single one of his finishes. And every single one, Ilya kicked out of all. Then the, lost very, and then lost in a weird. In a, there was a he had uh, who's he, the ref? Is it Ryan Ringo or? I think it was Ringo. Yeah. So he, like, he's got the ref and he's holding on to him, and then he gets hit with torpedo Moscow. And well, he he sort of like slipped into the ropes and like hit his head, and that's why the referee was checking in on him. Yeah, it was. But it was yeah. it was so. Yeah, it was like. Yeah. It was, I think. It, I thought the match actually ended finished before it should have because he's like he went into the right he I sort of from the angle I saw it he, he got pushed into the ropes and it almost like he got a stinger off the ropes. It was the, you know that spot he does where he misses the lariat and then he just runs straight into the ropes because he's got so but much he momentum. That, but he missed the ropes and that hit his arm. Uh, I thought it was No he, he nailed it. He went smack into the ropes. Yeah, yeah. He he, yeah. he, he hit his arm very heavily on the ropes and it, he went down straight away. Yeah. And I, thought, I thought that's what he, he meant to do. Okay. Because I, I saw him do the same thing in uh, progress and it, it was it was very much a spot, yeah. but like I've seen him do it again and it's the aiming for Yeah, it. I think it's the dramatic effect. Yeah. But yeah, that led straight into the Torpedo Moscow and then just, yeah, you gave, you hit him with absolutely everything, couldn't beat him and, you know, all that honor you were trying to defend is gone and you suck David Starr <laughs> well, it was a very weird message to send was very very strongly influenced by WWE who yes. didn't want him to, to beat any of their guys so I have no idea why they felt the need to put them together so yeah it was I felt it was a strong message being sent sorry Ilya is a former champion so it's just yeah obviously Dragonov is very well booked structure wise there to have him hit three big Finishes, moves yeah. and have them all kicked out of and then just to take one yeah and then lose immediately it was it. it was very placing star in a certain place on the totem pole 
And I, yeah, I thought this was a really big, how, how are you doing, Uncle Paul? Hello. What are you, like, look at us booking this. I, th this one put a sour taste in my mouth, I've got to admit. It, not even as, not even a big star fan, but just like what this match kind of represented. Even though it was a good match, just the message being sent in it was, and it didn't seem like it's building to a bigger thing. It just seemed like, yeah, yeah, this is what it is. Deal with it. Yeah, it is worrying that they've, I mean, that's obviously Star is one of their, their bigger, um, uh, stars. Stars on the, on the, I didn't want to use that word, but <laughs> yeah. for another line, but he's, he's one of their main guys. And they, they have him in a position now where, they kind of need to put him in big matches, but he can't win any of them. Yeah. Which, um, unless he, you know, eases off the, the politics, which I don't think he will. Um, I think if anything, he'll double down on it. Yeah. Then you're not going to see a push for him in anyone that's affiliated with. And that to me seems kind of shocking, to be honest. The, the trouble is the, the fans are very into him and the companies are very into him. Yeah. But WWE don't want him to, to look good. So it, it might here encourage we are with other people to be politically minded. Against all logic and sense, booking is being it. influenced by a higher power for no other reason than pettiness. And that sits very, very badly with me. It must be someone's job to make... It must be someone's job within the office to look at everybody's bookings. I'm going, okay, how can we make David Starr look bad <laughs> And again, I'm not even Mr. Like, Star fan, but it's just, it's the, like, the implication of it in, on a wider scale is, yeah, genuinely shocking. It, it's a concern, obviously, because it will affect things like this match where, like, there's yeah. no way that if he's losing, he'll get... What can you do? <laughs> do we want to talk about a cheerier element of the show <laughs> to um, round things off? Or? It was um, it was very good to see Oliver Carter. So, yes. Um, I I it's I always like seeing Oliver Carter, and I'm glad he signed because Europe deserved to lose him because nobody booked him. I completely agree. Yeah. So um, hey, Oliver Carter, you're lovely one Oliver the, representation. You're one of the you're one of the. People I'm glad got signed. I was stood next to you at the start of the show when, when the four-way was on and we were talking about Oliver Carter and I was like, he, he got booked for Rev Pro and he was in there for like one match, had the best match on the show that he was on and never got booked again. Yeah. <laughs> well, he lives uh, in Switzerland, right? So uh, yeah, yeah. So it's not exactly the hotbed of wrestling. But, yeah. But yeah, like he was, he's one of these people you're like, oh, I wish he could get flown in way more often because well, he is really fun and really they, good. Every, I mean, the only company that really ever did anything was GWF, but then, yeah, you know, um, that's you know, the people who are watching that outside of GWF is probably GWF's not really on most people's radar yeah, at all. No, it's no. um, uh, as good as some of it can be, but like I say, I'm happy. <laughs> he's he's one of the few, few people I'm like, Joe, fair play to you for signing. You deserve like. You, He's somebody who deserves it because I'd, yeah, I don't, it's not I don't really trust, going to affect anyone else. I don't it? trust the scene, the wider scene as a whole enough to actually book him properly. So, or at all, at all, yeah. So, yeah, good for him. Yeah, good <laughs> get that kick, take that money. Yeah. Should, should we talk about some of the people who've had like a really good weekend who have not um, previous to, to this had not really had the same yeah. sort of uh, build? Uh, Layla Hirsch. 
Absolutely. I she had a, terrific had a big weekend. weekend. Um, I think it was unfortunate that the match she had today was against Killer Kelly, who's not wrestled in like four months. Um, so she looked a bit rusty. So that wasn't uh, like a best uh, demonstration of her abilities, but I think she got over stronger on that Femme Fatale show. I, I can't remember who it was. Yeah. It might have been Tass uh, said that they'd, uh, they needed somebody to push as a replacement because they just had run out of people to, to yeah. be on the show that they felt could carry the tournament and be in the main event. And it was her and Lufisto, and she looked every bit as good. Um, I think it's been a great weekend for her. She only came over here to train, and yeah. she's gotten over huge. I think yeah. The benefits of coming to train in the academy are very apparent. A, a motto I have for life is, well, it's not really a motto, but just like just showing up and being present at something. Um gives you a much better chance to get wherever you want to go like even if even if you don't think you're very good at something or don't have a lot of chance just buying the lottery tickets to show up it's the the (laughs) first week at university say yes to every invitation you get given absolutely yeah see what sticks yeah first time in oberhausen say yes to everything (laughs) (laughs) within reason (laughs) it's it's, it's been a good uh, good weekend for for layla i think she's really happy with how it's gone and she she has a lot of potential to to be even better, but like at the standard she's at now, I think she's probably better than Killer Kelly. The first time I saw Killer Kelly, I would completely agree. Um, yeah. I maybe the character needs a bit of work, so I'm not really sure what it is. But like her in ring is is terrific. Yeah, I mean her character right now is just sort of she's Layla. Like <laughs> yeah, well they 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 put a lot about in she grew up in she born in Russia and yeah Russia. grew up in an orphanage in America and it was a tough growing it was a tough background yeah these were amateur wrestling yeah so. it was good that they had that video just to kind of that was a really good video an yeah. emotional attachment to her as I, well. I enjoyed all those promos for like the homegrown characters all yeah. the way through and uh, yeah I thought they did another cracking job with making people care about their wrestlers yeah. I think um, and another person going on the same thing yeah. I think um, Rust Taylor was yeah. yeah a lot of people said to me that they didn't know who he was. I, 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 yeah, I, I'd never seen him before. I, I don't watch American Independence at I, all. I'd yeah. seen him in PWG, but it was a long time ago. And I legitimately thought he'd retired. I think he had retired for a I, few years. He may have done, yeah. But, yeah um, he's making another when, run When then. his name came up on the, uh, on the list of, of uh, people that were in Ambition, I, I gave it a quick uh, cage match look. So I was like, is that the same guy? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it is. So, um, but yeah, he looked super smooth. All he way he looked, looked completely the finished article with yeah. every respect. And uh, maybe, you know, give him a shot, give him some promos, yeah. see what he can do. I just wonder if he's like a guy who will do like the politicking and, you know, brown nosing that you need to do. I'd, maybe he's a bit laid back if he's not. Yeah, he seemed pretty you, laid you back. You get that with people sometimes. Yeah. They, they just don't push for bookings so they don't get them. And those are probably nicer people, but yeah. <laughs> that was one of the guys that, um, again, I think this was Tass said that um, he doesn't understand why they're not getting booked and pushed in places because yeah. the, the potential is there. And yeah. Um, work Horseman. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I thought they were great. JD Drake, especially, but I thought Anthony Henry was good too. Yeah, they both really made a good account of themselves. Yeah. I mean, I've seen them. In wrestle. and out of a ring. I've seen them wrestle before and uh, I thought they were good, but I. The standard that they they brought over was was really strong. I thought J D Drake uh, 
like you say, outside the ring, like his behavior was impeccable. Yeah. Um, he was a model professional the whole time. He had to put up with Barry bowling on the next leg <laughs> from him, and he was. He looked like a bear who'd been kind of poked, <laughs> but uh, yeah. But he was still he was still a professional, and he he was great all weekend. Absolutely great entertainment. Daniel Maccabee. Yeah. Daniel Maccabe, I thought um, not everyone knew of him. I think maybe they'd heard the name but didn't realise how good he was in the ring. And I think he's he's definitely gained new fans by coming in and wrestling this weekend. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I was certainly warming to him, but this weekend has definitely put me into like, oh, he's like my favourite wrestler. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of uh, Macabre matches because I interviewed him yeah. and I needed to, to be knowledgeable of, of yeah. his work and his spots and everything. So I watched like 30 of his matches. So I've seen a lot of his work and a lot of what he does. And I feel like this is a good representation of, of how good he is because he, this is basically what he does. But like, it was um, like a small version. Um, yeah. He's had some really great matches on the, the US indie scene over the last uh, year and year and a half. Um, pretty much since that match with Tim Thatcher, uh, nobody knew who he was before that. But yeah, he's, he's been, he's been great. He, you know, kind of owes his career to Tim. So, yeah. and, and I'm sure Tim is just thrilled that he's, he's managed to, to do that for him. Like he's picked someone up and gone like, oh, I think you're pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> you, you got it, kid. And just getting that endorsement, you can see how much it meant to him. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, he was talking about the scarf and he, uh, was all choked up at the, uh, the press. Yeah. Um, that's the Tim Thatcher influence that's yeah. what people want to get he's like you just want to carry his bags to school <laughs> well it, i mean it just shows how much it means to both thatcher and Maccabee. but like it, that just a, a symbol of a, a token of goodwill can carry that much meaning and like that's what wrestling is for them it's more than you know obviously it's a job but it's also a, a passion it's it's life in many ways and like you know those moments mean a hell of a lot to these guys and like it, yeah, when when you see someone you know open up to you like that, it de- like and also th- just things like him wearing the football shirts, like you know, show his personality in the ring. Like I don't know, just all the little bits of him. Are like you know, you you see him for the first time, and it's a bit like, um, like well, that's a little bit weird. Like well, like I don't know what to make of that, but like you start to understand that you know it's him wearing his personality on mm-hmm. his sleeve. And you can really respect that once you've sort of put it all together. And yeah, just seeing him open up to us like that. Um, he's, he's very easy was, to talk to. Him well. like, I didn't yeah. know anything about uh, about Macabe, and I can't remember if I DM'd him first or he DM'd me. We just started talking about stuff, and every now and yeah. again, I'll just I'll message him. We'll just have a chat. Which, yeah. Um, there's not an awful lot of of wrestlers that I feel that kind of connection to that I can just. Yeah, yeah, he seems like a wrestling fan as well, which yeah. I'm always gonna love. Like, well, I was, when I interviewed him, I said like, "Oh, do you want to come on the, the podcast?" And he was yeah. like, "Oh, do you want me to watch anything to prepare for?" It? Like, <laughs> he thought I was gonna talk to him about New Japan or something. I was like, "No, I want to talk to you about about you." And he was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> he literally thought he was gonna come on and to talk about the stories of the week and, and, and stuff like that. I was like, "No, I want to interview." So you. yeah, that was absolutely fantastic. So yeah, big Dan Maccabee supporter yeah. going forward. Like as I was saying, I before. think everyone that has, has seen him work for any extended period of time has yeah. kind of gotten adjusted to what he yeah. does. It's Touch. he's one of our guys. 
Um, yeah. He is one of them. It's like uh, like Chris Hero or John Gresham or uh, Chris Brooks, where they've they've grown up being fans. They've uh, they absorb all the wrestling uh, culture. They they want to go and uh, wrestle in different places and just they're the kind of people who would if they weren't wrestlers they'd be stood in the crowd. Yeah. So you kind of want those people to to be successful. So I'm glad that they're all doing well. Fantastic. Do we want to discuss anything else, or should we leave it there? I'm fine with ending on a high because I yeah, think there's, this weekend has been really good for a lot of people because you had so many cancellations and so many things seem to be going wrong, but it's the opportunities that have arisen from all of this going wrong that has created a lot of opportunities for people this weekend that they might not have got. Arrows of Hungary had a great weekend. Yeah. They weren't originally scheduled to be in the tournament. I thought they did fantastic. It's, to borrow a phrase from the Evil Empire, is grabbing that brass ring. And lots of people did that took it. And Absolutely. It. Yeah. It's been a really good weekend for, for new talent. Um, it just... I, I love it when stuff like this happens because it's like, I don't think we've had one of these weekends where we've seen a lot of really like top tier, high profile wrestling. Like we got last tag league when we had like the one block last year, every match was just fucking incredible. Everything was four and a half. It was real, isn't it? Like uh, CCK and Ringkampf and Akami. Yeah. Yeah. It was such a great, um, show last year just because of that all of that was on it and they just they were just loaded shows compared to this year but this year it's been a case of new talent taking the opportunities and uh, making the best of it and i think almost without exception everyone's stepped up and they haven't been able to hit the level that the other guys were at but you know they're on the they're on the ladder yeah. it's the sort of weekend we needed like with everything going on um in wrestling it's like we needed some, uh, you know, new, the, the new, new talent out there. It's yeah. just down to the promotions to to find it and use it. And that's if that was easy, everyone would do it. It's not. <laughs> yeah. But this was an example of WXW going. Okay, let's let's see who we can use. And they they must have had a lot of very lengthy conversations about the people that they were going to use on this weekend. And I think they've made some excellent choices. Mr. Arnold Furious, Mr. Michael Kilby. This has been Oberhausen. Thank right, you very much. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the bar. <laughs> See you in March. See you at Carrot. When it will be Hoyter, Mr. Carrot. Next to Yard, Mr. Carrot. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye-bye. It's my understanding that when you're wrestling, you can't actually even see the crowd. So I'm wondering, like, what it's like wrestling with more limited vision. Yeah, I'm. I've got really bad vision. Like, really, really bad vision. I always have. I've worn glasses since I was seven, so coming on thirty years now. Um, and. I, I trained blind and just kind of learned how to work blind. I've got quite good depth perception for someone who can't see it. Like, I couldn't even read a book without glasses. Um, so, 
Yeah, it's just, I, and I thankfully I've never taken anyone's head off with uh, any of the strikes uh, too too hard. Uh, you just kind of learn by repetition and by doing. I, I can I can't see anything in the crowd. I can't see faces. So uh, the, the funny one is, if you ever try to like high five me, years ago I used to, you know, when I was, especially when I was working more as a baby face and you're naturally inclined to slap hands with the fans. And I had so many times where I could see a hand was there, but when I went to slap it, I just whiffed on it and missed and missed and missed. And it's like, okay, this is kind of embarrassing. So now if you ever see someone actually go to slap hands with me, I kind of reach in and I find the hand and I'll shake hands with the fan because that's a little more of a secure, and that's kind of more of a personal moment, I feel too, right? Than just kind of like, okay, here you go. So, but yes, I'm, I, I can't see. I can hear when people are gesturing at me or giving me guff for wearing a Chelsea kit and I can kind of gesture over at them, but, but otherwise, yeah, no, I really can't, I can't make out anyone's faces. Or anything, so. um, just wanted to ask how you feel about your three matches today after the other event. I forgot what you look like. We're gonna have to go talk after this. Sorry, nice to finally meet you. Uh, I recognize your voice. Um, good. Yeah, I think they were good. Uh, considering they were my fourth, fifth, and sixth match this weekend, um, including flying to England and back in that span, and having a very hard fought match yesterday that was of a similar style. Um, Full disclosure, my right knee is in pretty bad shape right now. I messed it up a bit on Friday, and when I woke up this morning, I was not looking forward to having three matches today. Um, but I knew that I obviously had to do it, especially the, the people that I was in there with. Um, yeah, I, I think they went well. Yeah, I think they went well. I especially, Dom and I have known each other for years. We were supposed to wrestle each other in a tag match this past August in Nashville, Tennessee, in the USA. Um, and that's when I got, um, the day before I got uh, an ear injury where I, I lost, like, I didn't lose anything, but half the lobe was kind of hanging off. And so um, I ended up not being able to wrestle that day. And that specific match uh, with Dom and, and Kevin Koo, who you guys saw on Friday, um, who I love both those guys. Um, so when we saw that we got to wrestle each other in the semis, we were both over the moon because that's a match we've wanted for years because we've known each other for years, we've had mutual friends for years, we met each other for the first time about a year ago, and, uh, and we were both really happy with how it went. And Admittedly, um, this is kind of embarrassing, but I think other wrestlers do this, and if not, I'm just the one who's way too honest for his own good. Um, at the beginning of the year, I made a list of opponents that I wanted to wrestle for the year, and I made a separate list of goals for the year, and one of the, list, one of the goals on that list was to wrestle at least 10 people off that list. And there was a mix of, you know, some people local to my area in the Pacific Northwest of North America, some people I'd never worked, a few people that I have worked, but maybe I wasn't happy with the original match, wanted to redo it. And then there was kind of a list of, these are people that are, some of them I would consider my contemporaries, some of them are, you know, people like your Zack Sabre Juniors or your David Stars or, you know, people that are kind of the tippy top of the independent world. And Jonathan Gresham, who was on that list, and thankfully I I got to wrestle earlier this year in Seattle. Um, so at the beginning of the day today, I had I had checked off eight of the ten people that I needed to fulfill that goal. And Dominic Green was on that list, and Eight Kid was on that list. So uh, I've hit my ten. I can 
I'm done for the year. I don't need to wrestle any more matches. If only that were true. I'm flying to New Jersey next week. Um, but yeah, no, I'm very happy with how everything went. I, it would have been cool to win, but like I can't complain, obviously. Where did the idea of wearing football shirts during your matches come about? Like it's a clever way of like distinguishing yourself from other wrestlers. But when did you first start doing it? I started doing it. I think it was the end of 2016, beginning of 2017. Um, shortly before the first Thatcher match, which is the when anyone actually knew that I existed, was that first Thatcher match in July of 2017. Um, uh, like, uh, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I obviously don't have the best physique. And there's a million guys running around on the indies, especially in North America. I don't know if it's as much of an issue in Europe, just wearing their own merchandise or wearing the generic black t-shirt. And Kevin Steen got popular and everyone was like, oh, I can do that too, kind of things would happen. And I was one of those guys too, I can admit. And then I just decided, um, it was before Hero was doing the full blown where he was wrestling in it every match, but when he was wearing them out to the ring and he had the custom ones in when he was doing his kind of US indie run in like 2015, 2016. And I'm not much for basketball, but I'm a lifelong football fan and uh, or soccer as we call it in North America. My apologies. Um, but uh, so I thought that maybe was a better, a uh, bit of a better fit for me. Also, it looks more athletic than someone in a black t-shirt. It looks like a uniform. It looks like someone who's going to physically be active, do something, right? And so I thought that was maybe more of a better fit. And you're quite right. No one else on the Indies does it. So there's people, there's people this weekend who come up and told me they don't like it. And there's people in the past and this weekend who told me, no, like, that's your thing. Do it. Run with it. You're never going to please everyone. I'm never going to please everyone with my wrestling or how I look or what I wear or whatever. But that's fine. That's who I am. And I think it's working for me so far. So you had this match series against Tony Thatcher too. And then one of the, I think the last match, or the second to last match, he gave, uh, danke. <laughs> he gave his uh, recap scarf to you. Um, what did this moment mean to you? And in general, what did this series of matches against Tim mean to you? So he gave me the scarf. Oh, whatever. I'll just, I'll, I'll just be forthright about it. He, uh, it was the first match that we had in July of 2017. And um, this is just how professional he is. It was the first time he'd ever been in Seattle. And um, he brought his merchandise with him to sell, as wrestlers do. And when we kind of crafted the match and sort of decided what angle we were going to come from, and it was very obvious that Tim was going to be the very um, uh, brooding, you know, heel that was just, to be perfectly honest, beat the ever-living crap out of me for 20 straight minutes. Um, he refused to go out and sell merchandise. He didn't want to see the fans. He didn't want to be. Uh, he didn't want to interact with them as a human being, basically. Right? He wanted him to come out and him to be the bad guy. And so he lost out a lot of money that day, right? But the one thing I said to him was, "Hey, before you leave, I would like to get a scarf from you because that's something that I would like." And then, kind of getting real emotional about thinking about it. Um, yeah. So at the end of the match, after we had a good match, and then I guess. 
I was up to whatever standards he had for, for things. He just gave me the scarf. That was a plan that was just real, genuine emotion. Um, oh, this. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, that moment, and, uh, we, we built an angle out of it, right? You know, he came back for the second match at this point. I was the heel, and I kind of rubbed it in his face. Hey, you gave me this, and now I'm a real dickhead about it. He wins that match, and I kind of sheepishly say, okay, maybe I don't deserve this. Maybe you should have this back. And he said, no, no, you keep this, and you think about why I gave this to you in the first place. So then, we came back here later and we kind of wrapped up the story with me winning and him saying, yes, like you truly did deserve this. <sighs> Sorry. Um, two things. One, I am a colossal baby, and uh, and two, obviously, it, it didn't mean a lot to me. So, yeah, thank you. <laughs>